Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Boys, we're in the throes of the semifinals here. Things are heating up. Let's go to our boys and say hello. Biz Nasty, you look like you had a fun time this weekend. What's going on, brother? Yeah, I've been on a bit of a heater, boys. I got to go back to uh, Arizona soon and uh, and, uh, decompress. But uh, I got to Vancouver this week, did a little work with McDonald's, as I mentioned, on that uh, Wednesday pod. And uh, since then, I've just been partying. I didn't even go to sleep on Friday night. Just rolled it right into Saturday and uh, was hanging out with some boys. We were... uh, Cranking pretty hard. Uh, my friends opened up a new hotel in Vancouver, so I've been staying there. Hotel Belmont, beautiful spot. Workbench. Just an absolute workbench. Well, at least last night, not the night before, because I was on a heater. Um, funny story. So after that Thursday podcast drop, um, Scotty Upshaw linked me in a, a text because one of his friends who's high up at Lululemon, Eric Peterson, he uh, he reached out to Scotty saying, "Yo, we got to b- get Biz some new underwear because he fucking put a hole through his old ones." So sure as shit, I go to the Lululemon uh, store. They deck me out with some some ginch and a few other things, and then he ended up taking me on a tour of their whole Lululemon facility, which was was fascinating. Like the type of shit that they got going on in order to develop new style of clothing. Uh, and then just boys, it, it's just been a, a crazy week. So I'm looking forward to recording this, getting some sleep, and Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I know this is going to come out on Monday. And another cool thing, boys, I went to uh, one of my favorite bars here, the local, um, on, uh, when was that? On Saturday. See, the, I can't even put the days together right now. And uh, sure as shit, the bartender s- sent over uh, a, a full round of uh, Pink Whitney. So shout out to our sponsor, New Amps. How are you? How are you? Nice. Sounding good. Next up, our producer, Mikey Grinelli down Manhattan. What's going on there, brother? What's up, boys? It's a great day to be a Bruins fan. I'll just leave it at that. Great day. 
Yeah, we'll be getting to that in a little bit. And last but not least, our buddy Ryan Whitney. What's going on, Wit Dog? What up, what up, everyone? How are you? Feels like we haven't chatted in a while. I don't know why that is. Uh, crazy time. We're, you know, we're down to two series here. So it's, you know, we're full tilt into both of these things. We're going to start off with uh, St. Louis, San Jose. I also want to mention we have a special interview today. Brendan Walsh who's from Boston. I think people are going to love it. Uh, it was his first time on Spit and Chicklets. And I'll tell you from knowing him, he has seven more episodes full of stories so i think people are really going to enjoy it and have a lot of fun listening to that one and last but not least ra um i want i know you're going to let everyone know but i want to say congratulations on your move to full-time barstool employee couple clicks for the boy and for everyone that doesn't know ra has been a big part of barstool i think everyone realizes that for a long time now blogging brewing stories doing the do what you were the death notice guy what are those called Obituaries. Obituary. Obituary guy. How are you, Wit? And, you know, you've done a great job. We met. Uh, you've always been a big fan, and, and I really am truly very happy for you and being honest when I say you deserve it. And uh, it's about time you're, you're full-time part of Barstool. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that, pal. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I've, I've hung on for a bit. I'm glad I did. And I know a lot of people probably thought I was full-time or in some capacity with Boston, but I'm officially joined full-time. Uh, obviously, Chicklets is the priority. That's the main thing I'm going to be doing, but I will be getting back to blogging quite a bit more. I nice. have a lot more time to Solid do it. Solid writer, R.A. I won't be exhausted, so I'll have that juice, the creativity that I used to have when you're working 45, 50 hours a week at another job. It kind of saps you a little bit, but I won't have that issue anymore. I'll also be doing some content, going down the office, probably filling the radio, just a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades jack thing. So I'm psyched. Master and of Swiss, Ar- Swiss Army knife. Yeah, a little, hey. a little bit. So. so everyone listening at home, R.A., he did a full-time job. He was grinding, working nights now. Any fuck-ups now, R.A., the people are coming for you. You're, you're this, there's no excuses anymore, but you're going to be prepared and ready to rock and roll. I know you will, but like I said, happy for you. So let's get into some crazy hockey games that we've been watching, fellas. Absolutely. We're down to four teams in uh, game one of the Western Conference Final in San Jose. Dude, Logan Couture picked up right where he left off in the second round. He got two goals and an assist to lead the Sharks to a 6-3 pounding of the Blues as they grabbed the 1-0 series lead. Uh, we actually had a game about until about halfway through. Ryan O'Reilly made it 3-2. to two. Uh, But then Team Omaya, Forsberg, Jordan Bennington. A minute later, he got another goal, made it 5-2. It looked like that was going to be lights out. Uh, the Blues got a little bit of life. They made it a 5-3 game. Uh, what's his face? Barube pulled the goalie with 440 left, but uh, they could never get that, that other goal. And basically, Couture got an empty net, and that was it. Uh, Biz, did we were to see this game, and if you did, did you remember it? <laughs> yeah, I, I caught a bit of it, um, mostly the highlights. Like, There's a couple of guys out there. I met their ex-girlfriends in Vancouver, ended up whacking them, so I was sort of involved in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, I was a little disappointed that St. Louis didn't win this game. I think I, I even on the gambling corner on Thursday, I would have picked them to win that first game at the tank. and, and Or I said that they're going to split. And they need to split. If they don't, they're fucking toast. But I'm just like overly impressed by the the depth and, and the guys pulling the rope in uh, in San Jose. And every like every few years, they're able to like draft players and reload and just add to that land, lineup. Like I mean, we we keep talking about Kevin LeBanc. He's now got fucking four goals. That Timo Meyer has been a fucking oh, horse. Jesus. Like I played, I played against this kid in the AHL, and I think he had thirty tucks in my last year. I, I remember, I told you the the last game story, the ACL. He was playing for the Barracuda, so we would see them like eight times a year, maybe even more. 
and uh, you knew he was going to be a stud, but he's just elevated his game even more so in playoffs. He's got five goals now. So I'm and then. I mean, fuck Logan Couture. I mean, we keep stroking the shit out of this guy, but 11 goals. This guy, I mean, yeah, he's one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. Uh, listen, we said going into this series that nobody had a clue who was going to win. We all took St. Louis, but I think it, it, it was out in the open that it's a very close series. The other night didn't look that way, and, and it was funny because I was reading up on, on some stats, stat guy, uh, going into this series, and one of the things that kind of jumped out at me was that, like, historically, you look at, you know, teams that play, a, go to seventh game, first and second round, it's tough. Well, you know, teams that play seven-game series that in the first and two round, first two rounds, they end up going two and nine in the conference finals since the 1987 wow, uh, playoffs. Wow, So since in 87, they went to every round being uh, best of seven. And, and since then, the teams that have gone to, you know, seven games in the first two rounds have done really poorly in the Western Conference yeah. finals. So maybe over time, that can end up catching up. But still, the St. Louis Blues went to six in game one, a series one against Winnipeg. And then they go to seven double overtime against Dallas. So they're by no means like that much more rested. But still, San Jose came out flying. And you look into some deeper things with St. Louis really haven't struggled in San Jose. I think that's their fourth straight loss there. Um, the Sharks at home, I mean, they're now seven and two in the playoffs at home. They got 37 goals. In, in, in those nine games. So it's just a really tough place to play. That was proved on, on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think that, you know, St. Louis is panicking by any means. They seem like the team that has dealt with losing a game on the road all season and getting that huge win the next time. You know, you saw it in Dallas. So I, I think that they have to get the split, um, even though the old saying, you know, it does a series doesn't start till the home team loses. Uh, but still, I, I don't see them going back down 2-0 and being able to beat San Jose four of five games. So it turns into just an enormous game for them on Monday night. And I, I really wasn't surprised to see Couture. We've talked about him. Uh, Timo Meyer, just the whole drafting that San Jose's done. And, and, and Doug Wilson, I mean, how long have they been good? It's like this guy's out there just making moves, making things happen continually. Uh, drafting solid players at, at, you know, weird draft spots. I mean, you're getting guys in the third, fourth, fifth round that end up making an enormous impact. That's just, that's what it takes to be a, a, a successful franchise for a long time in the league. Um, I don't think St. Louis is in a ton of trouble, but they're going to need some more from their best players. And Bennington had an off night. That's bound to happen. Uh, but game two should be, should be intense. And Ari, before I throw it over to you, so both both teams in this series have have gone seven games in the first two rounds. Mm-mm. So, no game six in. Um, I think uh, St. Louis won in six against. Winnipeg. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I always I, I I said that last episode. I, I thought that that was seven games because uh, it that, seemed like they would. They I gotta lay off the pen, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got on this series? Come on, buddy. Well, to jump on what Witch just said, the old law oh, series doesn't start till the home team wins a game or lose a game. That's, I think, bullshit you can say in this case because uh, 32 times a team has gone up 2 nothing in a conference final uh, game. They've won 93.88% of the time. So uh, St. Louis got to bring everything they have next game. I don't think we're going to see a bad Bennington like that. That was the most goals he gave up since game three in the first round uh, versus Winnipeg. Also, shout out to Bennington. Only nine rookie goaltenders have led their club to the conference finals or semifinals after playing in each of the team's games in the playoffs, so shout out to him for that. That's a hell of an accomplishment, but yeah, St. Louis, I mean, they, they were kind of dead to start the game. Uh, that O'Reilly goal gave him a little bit of 
life. But then uh, fucking San Jose just answers right back. They're so deep. Everybody's scoring for them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the next game is St. Louis' season, basically, based on that stat. 93%. You go down 2 nothing. I mean, your season is all intense, almost over, barring 6.2%. So what do you got there, Wits? Brent Burns. Last night, he caught a rocket pass on his Oh, he had one hand on his stick and a rocket pass to the point on his backhand. He caught it. No problem. It's just he's doing things that are incredible. He's played 435 minutes, which is the most in the playoffs for anyone. It's like 55 or 54 minutes more than even Eric Carlson on, on San Jose. So they got these two horses. I, I just it, it's it's San Jose. I was talking to a, a guy who plays in the NHL, a guy who plays in Dallas, actually, and just said playing San Jose this year. I mean, they can kind of score out of out of nowhere. It's like nothing's really going on, and all of a sudden they got enough juice up front. Where even the Timo Meyer goal on Saturday night, it's you know a, a turnover, which was a huge issue for the Blues, especially the D. They cannot be turning the puck over like that. But all of a sudden he gets it, and Bowmeister's flat footed, boom, through his triangle, Forsberg move, complete nasty tuck. Crowd goes wild. So it it, it really can come quick with San Jose. And especially on that ice, dude. What did Teddy Purcell say that they built it with? Uh, the, the what? I forget. He had some hilarious way of, t- of putting it, but basically, it's tilted. It is tilted in San Jose's offensive yeah. zone direction, and it's always been that way. So St. Louis is in for a test here. And RA, I agree with you. They they have to get a win in game two. I had a question actually for both of you. I'll ask you first, Biz. Did you happen to see about nine minutes in the game, um, Coach O was going down, rushing down the ice, and Schwartz gave him just a little bit of a, a push from behind? Did you happen to see that play, and did you think I it was penalty not. worthy? Oh, you didn't? Did you see it, Wits? It was about halfway uh, through the first. Did he go down into behind the net? Yeah, Kachuk, he crashed yep. in the boards yep. real hard. And I, you know, I called it a dangerous I thought he was play. down. I thought he was hurt for a second. Yeah, I just didn't know if you guys – I didn't think it should be a penalty, but it was a pretty dangerous play, I thought. I wasn't sure if you caught it. But uh, but going back to Bernsey, man, him and Carlson, the first defensive tandem to combine for 28 or more points through the first 15 games of a postseason since 95 when Coffey and Lidstrom did the same thing. Uh, of course, they didn't win the cup that year, but still impressive nonetheless. Biz, what were you, you going to have for us there, Well, I was going to say Pavelski – goals in back-to-back games now like you think like oh they're gonna get this top nine guy back and it might take him a few games to get back in the lineup and, and get in, in his rhythm no boom right back and uh just a, he played, uh, i think he played 20 minutes in game seven when he came yeah well like, it goes back to you telling us he's just got spoiled by god he's just uh, good he's at touched by the hand of god it's the golfing that drives me insane <laughs> he would take me out there and put me in the woodshed he would take me to the woodshed in golf right now and he probably <laughs> played like three times in the last maybe two months maybe even less who knows he doesn't even play during the season yeah also i'm looking at the numbers just from game one petrangelo who's been a complete street beast the entire playoffs he was minus three Plus minuses and everything, but you, you notice when a guy like that is out there for a couple goals against, I don't think that'll be the case. He's someone that bounces right back. Um, so it's, it's, it's one game. No time to panic at all for St. Louis. No time to get too high if you're San Jose. But still, they got to be confident in, in trying to get another home win on Monday. And we got to give props to Joe Thornton. Uh, he recorded the 1,608th point of his NHL career. That's regular season and playoffs combined. And he tied Brian Trottier for the 16th highest such total in league history. Brian Trottier, of course, is famous for the Brian Bellows video years ago, calling him a tit fucker. You guys must have seen that. Yeah, classic. him and Kevin Steven was one of the best video, funniest videos of all time. Absolutely. You tit fucker, get up there, holy fuck, Bellows, you fucking pussy. <laughs> Unbelievable. You fucking superstar, Bellow. You fucking superstar, bud. Before the game, Reggie Bellows Jackson. Fucking pussy. 
<laughs> fucker. Reggie Jackson was one of the celebrity uh, door openers. Of course, he was a big open day star back in the day. But I was wondering, like, he had a candy bar named after him back when he was a star. Which athlete today do you think would actually be able to drop a candy bar named after himself that people would buy? Candy bar? Yeah, there was a Reggie bar way back in the day. I was like, Brady could have a candy bar out there, but it'd have to be like all natural or something. Oh, I'm sure he he does have bars. Yeah, is he like TB12 or something? He's got protein or whatever. Um, who who would have a fun one? Uh, LeBron. LeBron would probably have the cachet to sell a candy bar. No, I mean, yeah, he's such a candy bar. Um, (laughs) LeBron, you want a candy bar? I'm full time now, (laughs) bud. <laughs> oh, hey, there's another crazy stat that I, was, I saw on Twitter. Uh, Brent Birds has logged 408 minutes or close to 409 minutes of time uh, on ice throughout the first two rounds. That's nearly an hour more than the next closest. Yeah, I just round. said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I, did love you say- how I love when you're in one. It's unreal. Oh, I love it. As I take another hit of my pen. <laughs> Hangover helper. So, uh, yeah, we get up. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Whit. Last thing, San Jose had a kind of a funny tweet because they mentioned uh, or they retweeted that Bellows, I mean, uh, Bellows, Trache stat. And then was Thornton not named one of the top 100 NHL players of all time a few years back when they left Malkin off the list? I think he wasn't based on San Jose's tweet saying, is he top 100 in, in the NHL? So if that was the case, Thornton continues to prove what's going on there. And it's setting up for, I mean, if you look at game one and San Jose goes to win, Jesus, if they play the Bruins in the cup finals, the storylines, oh, I'm hard. Yeah, I mean, Boston would have an opportunity to break his heart twice is basically would be the storyline. I bet you if those two teams meet R.A., that's going to be one of the, if not the chippiest series of the playoffs. Because they're like – In Boston, yeah. San Jose and Boston. Because I just feel like – I I just feel this this Marshawn shit is just going to fucking really explode because San Jose is a bit of a boys club too. Those guys stick up for each other in that room, and and you're going to be going against star player against star player. That it's uh, and especially with all the storylines and the hype up, I just I just think this whole thing is going to come to a crazy explosion ending if those. Yeah. Two- we got to see, but we can't count the Blues out yet. Still a lot of hockey. No, want to piss off no St. Louis, not man. at all. Play Gloria, Jesus, Jesus. And, uh, game two. Game two is Monday, 9 o'clock on NBCSN, so make sure you check that out. Yeah, Biz, we still got a lot of hockey left, hopefully, before it gets to that. So, uh, you know, the Blues, I'm sure, are going to have something to say about it. Uh, Game two is Monday at 9 p.m. on NBCSN. But before we get to the Boston-Carolina series, we're going to bring you to Brendan Walsh. He's a guy, I think this is one of our top, maybe three funniest interviews we've ever done. He's such a character. He's Boston through and through. Funny guy. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did, so... What's up, Biz? He was so animated when he was, oh, he was standing up. It's some some stories he ended up standing up. I was like, he's gonna punch Biz. <laughs> no, but he uh, he was unreal. I was I was in tears. I had a smile on my face the entire time he was in the room. He walked in the room and like you could just feel the energy. He's fucking out of control. I love. Hey, it. You gonna get me a beer with or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, it was good shit. So uh, without any further ado, send it over to Brendan Walsh. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. 
We are now joined by a very special guest. I'm going to call him a local Boston legend. People from around here in the hockey world have always known this guy in one way or another. For me, he was older than me. I watched him play college hockey from Dorchester, born and raised. Brendan Walsh, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am a super fan of the show. I, so I this, love it. So I love it. People need to know that um, you know we played against each other, skated in the summers, never knew each other that well, yep. but enough, you know, the hockey world. Yep. And I saw him at Del Frisco's this winter, and I'm like, great guy to run into. You're like, oh, story time. Here we go. And he's like, wait. I listen to Chicklets. I listen to all the episodes. I love it. I was like, dude, you telling me you listen, I feel like I've made it. Like, that was just great to hear. So I knew right away, I go, he's coming on. So today's finally come. It's, it's got awesome. The stories that you have, all the guests you have, and, and the thing that makes it unique, it's just these, these small collections of stories that, like, build upon a season, and then at the end, you just... It, it, it's amazing. Yeah, it it's just incredible. ends up. And being one thing perfect. we're noticing too is is having on a, like no offense, no namers. <laughs> uh, no, like, That's like, fair. He would have punched you twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like That's fair. Ryan Lannan came on and, and the numbers were insane. Same with Yipper, where I mean Yipper obviously played in the NHL and he's yep. a and he's more Chinese. Known. Yes, but you know it's they're, they're unique stories and and really the the lower profile guys are allowed to let the stories fly a lot more. Like we get on, on some NHL guys now and it's just like boys, like no one's gonna care. There's all types of non. Disclosure agreements at the end of the season. <laughs> All types of non-disclosure agreements. Yes, I think, I think you're the first dot rat we've had on the show, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, the or, hazes. Oh, that's right. Duh. Oh, yeah, Come that's on. right. Wow. Dot rats. Come on, that's right. All right, all right. All right, you take them as Charlestown. That's I'm okay. Sure. That's, <laughs> that's all right. probably yeah, probably because I know their pops and stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, you went to CM for high school, right? Yep. Let's get get cracking in your career. How how old were you when you started skating? Young kid, like we. I was young. Um, I think we all skated. Um, like, well, some of us just a youth hockey. Some of us tried. Yeah. <laughs> some of us tried. <laughs> so four, I was probably four or five, uh, started skating, and then I, I actually hated – we actually had this thing, in, which is a huge part of my life. We used to have box at the J.P. McCann post, right? And it was like a chair, like a, like a chair, and your dads would be down there. It was a McCann post, and it was like a lightning rod. It literally is a lightning rod for everything from when I was like eight, nine years old. I used to fight a kid that I, who I work with now, one of, one of my really good friends. I'd hate to say best friends because he'd be like, oh, you said my best friend. Best friend. Like, oh, my oh, best friend. Complete hater. Hates on everything. And I would fight him. In front of your dad, like in front of our, our fathers. Like Saturday morning instead yeah. of the game, yep. you'd, you'd be like, all right, we're, we're toe-to-toe. Yeah, we'd be eight years old, nine years old. Like I'd have like a crazy eight is enough bowl cut, just hair <laughs> slapping all over the place. <laughs> and we would fight. And the thing about, and Biz, you would know this, the, the thing that you would, that jams anybody up about a fight, like what do you know about yourself? You've never been punched in the face before. True. And... The the other thing is is it's not so much like oh this hurts this you know I, I I got a black eye I got a bloody nose it's like it's embarrassment how do you manage it right how can you go on from it and say all right I got to pick myself up and, and go on so we did we have McCann Post and we had Dorchester Youth Hockey and Dorchester Youth Hockey super ultra ultra competitive there's probably thirty guys that played Division One college hockey from less a than small a area. Mile. Wow. Less than a square mile. Okay, so um, my hometown, well in Ontario, yep. there was a, like a four or five year period of time where we had seven guys in the NHL. Yeah, 50, that's it, crazy. It's crazy when that that's stuff crazy. happens. Fifty thousand people. Well, it that's goes crazy. it goes to show that same thing for all the guys that played at from Dorchester and in your town, biz. When you grow up with great kids to 
go against and competition-wise yeah. that are your friends. It's like yep. that's what makes so many kids great athletes, I think. Yep. And we had great people uh, surrounded in the game. And um, I went from uh, Dorchester Youth Hockey to – and I was I was like a school year program. I did the prep school thing. Dexter, Cardigan Mountain. You went oh, to all here. those places? I went to, I went to all of them. Whoever, Were you getting the who, boot? Oh. I, no, 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 no. Eh. How did you fit in with all these rich kids, though? Yeah, what the fuck? You like, don't you like, like, you don't you have, like I can I mean, picture you at Dexter just drilling some kid one day, being like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't, I, how did I, that go for you? Dexter was Dexter was good. It was like guys like Salt and Stall and Levy Bird and, you know. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm trying to think of one kid's name. It'll come back to me halfway through it, and you're gonna be all over Biz. You're gonna be like, seriously, you gotta contain yourself. You're all over the map. <laughs> um, so I w- go go from there. Did the whole prep school uh, thing, and then when I got to, and then I went to CM, and uh, kid Chris O'Sullivan, uh, so one of my best friends, second round, amazing draft pick. hockey. Player. Probably like if Dude. he played right now, he'd he'd play right now. He's a six million dollar player. Could move the puck. Probably the most high end skill I've ever seen. Very the similar game to Woods, I'd say, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but l- l- legit, I didn't come close skill wise. Because no if you yeah. were to skate with Chris O'Sullivan in the summer, I mean, he how many NHL games did he play? He broke his neck. Yeah, yeah, he did break his neck at BU. But I mean, this was like an incredible player, um, high draft pick, and. He does things. He did yeah. things with the puck. That you're right. Nowadays, with the game the way it is, it I would think be. He ended up in Calgary. And then Sutter, I think Sutter was the coach, had him as a, a check in line on the left yeah, wing. Yeah, like that ain't going like, to work. Craziness. And he's, like, yeah. and he's like, but then again, think of what you're doing in the NHL. Like, you, who, who are you going to beat out? Uh, I'm thinking, who's the defenseman? You're, you're literally trying out for n- the number one. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to beat out uh, Marty McGinnis? Not Marty McGinnis, um, defenseman. Al McGinnis. Al McGinnis. Al McGinnis. Oh, in Calgary, yeah. In Calgary. Like, yeah, like, that's who you're going to beat out. Okay, sure. like that's and so you're going to St. John's. You're not you're not going to fill that role in the old in NHL. The NHL. You're, you're going to try out. That's the spot. And if you can come up, maybe in two three years, true, you, it's your job. It was like Mark Andre Bergeron. Like he came up and he actually like won jobs as like power play specialist sometimes, yeah. but it was hard to do. Actually, hey, Chris O'Sullivan, I want to hear your version of the story when he when he got he shot the gun when, when in the in the national title game or something, wasn't it for BU? I was I was not. Were you there yet. Maine already? I was, then? No, I wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. I wasn't right, there yet. Forget so it. that I was before before there. So I, I was. Thought you guys were same year. Yeah. You, you mm. did go to BU, but then you you switched. Uh, Yes, <laughs> switched. Yes. What, yeah, switched. what's the story? Yeah, <laughs> switched is in quotes. And won a national title at the next spot. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing, what I I live by a mantra. We can cut this. I don't live, worry, Walsh. That's okay. That's all right. I live by. I want to hear never this mantra. Forget, you never forget the. I mean, you never remember the nights that you go and get like a twelve-hour sleep, and that has carried me through. And that's been kind of a thing. And like, hey, guy was like, hey, we got something going over here at Simmons College at we at we luck. We and when I went to BU, I was a twenty one year old freshman coming from the USHL. You'd already partied. You'd already lived. I, I was already there. And so exactly. when I got there, it was like Jay Pandolfo, Bobby Lachance, Chris Kelleher, Chris Drury. When I got there, they were seniors. They were seniors, but and I was age. older than them. <laughs> I, they were my age. I was a freshman coming in. And so th- I was like going to school with girls born in like 79 and 81. I was, it was crazy. So <laughs> I see your ID before I take you home. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went there, I, I, like I would go, my first freshman year was fine. And then, you know, I, I was staying out of the radar, right under the radar, kind of on a little bit under the radar. First thing was, I think Jack had me in, Parker had me in. He's like, you didn't go to class. And I'm like, 
well, I think I took a class off. It's like College of General Studies. Like, I, it's I like go a to class. everyone. Yeah, it's like they call it like crayons, you know, glue and scissors. That it was like a school. F- that's the school within the school of the athletes. I'll probably get like some crazy letter from from BU being oh, like. Oh, talked about how he cheated at Harvard. Oh, it's no. That's I, I think I should be good. So then we go. I, I and then Jack's like, all right, well, did you did you miss this class? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but I mean, I made like a majority of them, but I missed this class. He's like, okay, well, you're suspended. For, for, I took the game suspension. I was like, all right. Then uh, it was Monday night football, right? <laughs> and it just came, it came back to Boston. I think it was like, or they just, it was a Monday night football game for the Patriots. We go out. Uh, I take a bunch of guys out. We all go out. And then I, my night doesn't end. I end up at Dad's <laughs> Diner at like 3 in the morning. So Mike Boyle was the strength and conditioning coach. Had another guy who worked for him. And he was bartending at the bar. So I walk up, and I had a couple buddies with me. And I said, hey, t- hit, give me three beers and three shots, and you didn't see me here. And I'm like, all oh, cool. I'm, I get, I'm moonwalking back in. I'm downstairs at Dad's <laughs> Diner, old, old place. I think it's McGreevy's now. So then Jack Parker comes in the locker room. He comes walking in. He walks in. He bombs in. He goes, oh, red face. So he, red point, face he points at you. Just oh. points. Boom. boom get over in. here. Get in hallway treatment. But he made a mistake. What? He made a mistake. I was with some boys on the team. I I come into the locker. I come uh, into his office. He had that like you remember that thing. The at little, little room, little room, little directors' chairs. It was kind of creepy. And uh, so I sat in there, and he's like, he goes, uh, "Did you go out the other night?" And he had the rule: Saturday night only. Yeah, we had one night a one week. night a week. You could only go. Saturday so it could be night Tuesday only. night, but he'd be like, "Tonight, Saturday night." Tonight, Saturday night. Exactly. That so it. that was Saturday night. So he's like, did you go out and such and such? I was like, well, I mean, it was Monday night football game. And he, and he said, uh, who are you with? And I was like, I go, what's my punishment? Instantly. I go, what's my punishment? He goes, you're going to sit versus, uh, I think it was like maybe North Dakota or someone else. And I, and I said, and he goes, now who are you with? And I knew it was only one game because he already said it. And I go, I was with nobody. <laughs> and, and he was like, he overspoke. He's probably going to be mad at me. He overspoke. And I was like, oh, you showed your hand. I already knew the punishment. And I came back in the locker room. And so guys are tying the skates of practice. And they knew, kind of knew what it was. It trickled through. And guys were tying the skates. And they were like. <laughs> and I was like, you guys good. are all right. Yeah. Fucking right. I'll fall right on the grenade. Right 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 the grenade. Cool. I love and that. And so then uh, we, the season goes on. So that was kind of strike two. And and I had a and, and I and I like and I love Coach Parker. Not like I loved him. Uh, we had a good uh, relationship. It was like a cool hand Luke situation though. Like I was, he's like, you're gonna break before me, right? And yeah, and I still you're not gonna beat me, Brendan. Hashtag ask a millennial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but I, you know, my my thing was always have a good time. And so I go out to, uh, I I play a game. We play Lowell. Uh, I get a penalty. And it's like this crazy penalty, and the ref, and the ref goes, uh, "Oh, Jack, there's something happening." And Jack was like, "I get like a two five, like a two and a ten. Second period, two minutes he, slash." He hates those. So he, he, the referee, I got the ten for, and the, uh, for the ref goes, uh, "What did you do? What did you say to the ref?" Uh, Jack said, and I said, "I go, I call him fucking." I said, "I said, did you see the fucking slash?" I went back, I rim, you know, I, I elbowed the kid, slashed him, whatever I did. I go. You know, and Jack goes, "What did you say to him in the block room?" 
I said, I call him fucking cocksuckers. The worst call I ever saw. And Jack was supposed to be like, I thought he thought that I was going to say, like, geez, I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, yeah, tell you, exactly you, what I said. I call him a fucking cocksucker. He fucking, he, he, the kid did this to me, and I was getting it. And I'm like, getting the penalty. And I'm getting the penalty. Like, it's got to add up. And, and, and Jack was like, that's it. You're in Mookville. 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 Mookville, and I'll quickly go in. Quick, was Quickly go. The next Love day it. after Saturday night, no matter what day it was, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you had a 20-mile bike. Ugh, oh, fuck. Dude, they would take an hour on yeah. the fucking airdynes, too. Those airdynes only move if you move the arms and the legs. They're hard as shit. So you had to do that at, what, 6 a.m. sometimes? Yes. So I didn't have the fan bike. I had to get out and run oh. down to Kenmore Square. But I went out. I had a good time that night. It was Saturday night, though. Right, so, so it's on, to. I'm on a technicality. It's still Saturday night, so I, love it. <laughs> I grew up with Chris Rooney, NHL ref. Yeah. Yep, Chica. Chica, I love him. I think he's one of the best refs. He doesn't. He's one of the best refs. Number he's, five, right? Number five. He doesn't. It's it's either black or white. It's been like that since we carpooled in school together. He doesn't deal in gray. He's like either right or wrong. It's, yep. that's what it is, and that's how we I, and that's how we officiates. He actually he actually officiated uh, ref to all the games in the USHL. There's no one who threw me out of more games than my best friend Chris Rooney. <laughs> he was chucking you out of USHL. Oh, absolutely. He's like boy, and like stuff that I was thinking about doing. Like <laughs> I was like, knew. oh, I'm gonna do this kid dirty. Like this kid, like this is gonna be like an eight second wait while the kid passed to come up the zone. I'm like, I'm gonna smoke him. He'd come in and somehow I'd get a penalty. He was like, you were gonna do something. I was like, I was. I hadn't done it yet. That's how good of a ref he is, Biz. That's how good. Minority report. So anyway, exactly. My neighbor so, now. Yeah. So then I, so I go to Chicka's house, Chris Rooney, and he has like a full-on bar. And like they had like a Chinese food buffet. This is in Boston? In South, okay. oh, yeah. South Boston. So I go He's there. Like make 15 a, make brothers, a, right? I make a Chinese food plate and, you know, put a couple beers in my pocket and I get head to Mookville. I head to Mookville. (laughs) (laughs) Chinese food. Right? So I go there. Right? I go there. And it was kind of like, you know, it was my... I, I don't know what I was doing. And you, you had were, enough, kind of. I had enough. Yeah. You're, you're, like, you're, you're testing them. You were like, yeah, let's see if they're really going to actually fucking do so. something. Yeah, I you're think te- so. You see, you push this your limits. Like, this is like a cathartic experience. Yeah, you <laughs> live off. Yeah. No, I, I, buddy, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't. Uh, wow, I was always wow. so scared, like a little. Oh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like authority when I was younger. There was a big problem. Look at all the trouble I got into yeah. when I was in Pittsburgh. Yep, right. yep. I didn't like authority. Yep. And while she didn't like Mookville. And I didn't like Mookville. So I so remember Gus at BU? Yep, best you know, guy. I think he was like Albanian. Was Albanian, like guy, Albanian. He was like uh, Albanian, like rink guy. He was there. Tried the Zamboni. Yeah, he drove the Zamboni. I think he lived under the Zamboni. <laughs> yeah. He, like, there was like a room that they had. So I show up, and I hadn't had anything. Like, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to eat my Chinese food. Gus is there at the rink. I'm there at 5.30 for the 6 o'clock where I give, you know, I have a beer. I'm not going to say Gus had a beer. And uh, we eat the Chinese food. So there was a, a graduate assistant coach. Won't say his name. He's still in the biz. He sees this whole thing. I do the run. I smoke it. And, like, I can go hair on fire. I played a lot, majority of my career with my hair on fire. And <laughs> make it to Kenmore Square, bomb back. I think I do, like, a mile in, like, 7.30. Just down to Kenmore. Boom, boom. Fly back and forth. It was like, no. It was like. What's I was going to say that's not that good unless no, no, they knew you've been no, up no, all night no. eating Chinese yeah, food. Exactly, yeah. So I, I do that run very quickly, come back, and and then Jack finds out. And like it was like, you know, it was like my first 
deal into pro hockey. I come in and uh, I've uh, never heard Mad this. Dog. Mad Dog. Uh, Demella. Mike Demella. He was the equipment manager at BU. Great guy. I come walking in like, do, 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 Everything's good. I did my run. Ba, 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 ba. Mook fills over. Mook fills over. Back in. Start the week. And all my stuff is in a black garbage bag. Oh, and no, no there's shit. nothing in my stall. And then I go out and I go, Mike, what, do you have my equipment? Like, what's going on? And so I go see Jack. Go see Jack. So I go see Jack and he's like, all right, three strikes, you're out. That's it. So then I went from very Damn, quick, you got kicked out of BU. Kicked out of BU. But so, so the, you learned from it. And so I had Grant Stanbrook. Uh, Legendary his, recruiter of Maine, for yes. people who don't know. Okay. He found Penner. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he and, found and, Dustin uh, Penner. Did, what about Teddy Purcell? Possibly. I don't yes, know for sure. I think but Grant so. Stanbrook, yes. he used to find like incredible players in like the, you know, out Western Canada. It was just like. I, I think the best Grant Stanbrook, they used to call him the Gray Ghost. Right, he'd okay. be he'd be like in like Weyburn, Saskatchewan, just like yeah. sitting at the glass and then sitting up top <laughs> and then sitting in the middle. And I asked him one time. I said, "Why do you sit all the times?" So he goes, "I can see each level of the game. I can see how fast the game is at the glass. I can see from thirty thousand feet Plays from up top yeah. how guys can think about it." And he's just ISO camming. Wow. And so he would see that. And he goes, "I don't sit with anyone because I don't want anyone to cloud my opinion of what I'm looking at." That's good. Holy like shit. He was, so so yeah, he this was guy the architect. Gems, dude. He was the architect of that 93 team of like uh, uh, Jimmy Montgomery, Dallas coach, 100 points yeah. years. Paul Korea, Cal Ingraham. And, and five, they won four. the national championship? Yeah. Dude, uh, they were Chris like, Ferraro, Peter Ferraro. BU tied Snow, them that year. That was down yeah. the oh, they 42, won every other game. 42 1 and 2. Oh, they lost and tied BU with two teams. Yep. Jesus yeah. so, Christ. So you had to take a year off because of the transfer rule, yes. right? Which and is so fucking stupid. I'm oh, sorry, yep. all right? Yep. So I actually tried to, I tried to sue the NCAA. There was like did a, you really? I tried to sue them in the sense of I tried to get a, um, there was like a technicality for like girls volleyball. Like where like girls volleyball at the varsity level, or I think didn't it was soccer, like didn't have to. You know what I mean? But it was like, but that's what it is. It's like, oh, it's so, big so, money. So, so it's like girls were playing that. Yeah, no, big, big, you know, big money people can transfer right over and not. It's like rich people that are playing that. I think so. Like those types of sports. But, but, and now going to Maine though, the main thing being you had to figure out not only what you were going to do that year, but where you were then going to go. Oh, dude, I was crazy. Ryan, I was hat in hand. Right? I was hat in hand. I yeah, was like so crazy. Like, like I was like, but like, Maine's a good team. Where I would have said honestly, like for the most part, if you get a kid gets kicked out of BU, like I'm not trying to dog any teams, but he ends up at like Lowell or he ends up yeah. like Maine. Not to say it was a great school, but they were such a good team that they may not take on somebody who got kicked out of BU. You know? Yep. But he just obviously loved your game. So I had Grant at the U.S. Olympic Festival, and I, the year before I went to BU, and Grant, I played on that national team, um, which is. We could do two hours on that. It was awesome. Um, and so I go from BU. So I go and literally, I talk to Michigan, Michigan State, BC. Uh, I talk to Cav, Boston College. And it's like literally like Everyone hat wanted. in hand. Hat in hand. Like this is me and making calls. Yeah. And like like death of a salesman. I'm like, hey, geez. Uh, <laughs> Willie Loma. What do you, like Willie Loma. was like, hey, what do you got? You know what I mean? You remember seeing this me? This is what I, I bring. You, remember when you talked to me? You, I used to be unbelievable. The Chinese food's over and done now. I quit it. I totally grew up two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really grew up. I've grown, I've grown so much two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, so um, did any of those teams ever offer money? So I couldn't, <laughs> so I couldn't take the money, right? 
like I couldn't because I'm not a scholarship okay. athlete, right? So I have to sit out. So this is unbelievable. So I go. So Grant, I call Grant. I'm like Grant. Um, I got nothing. Uh, what do you got? He's like, What are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, I, I I don't know. I'm just sitting here. He's like, Why don't you come up for the game? We're playing. I think they were playing Boston College or Lowell or another hockey's team. Maine was, and and you know they had just come off NCAA sanctions from the national championship team in '93 and '94, '95. Um, all the some kind issues of that arose. They had some issues, and I was like, I mean, it's like three and a half hours. I'm. He's like, Yeah, get in your car and come right now. I have nothing going on. So You're I'm going. like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, I'm just kind of comfy here. I don't know. I got in the car. I drove up. They Would made, you wear a suit? No chance. No, no chance. <laughs> no. So I drove up by myself and bomb up three and a half hours from, from Dorchester. I go talk to Sean Walsh after the game. They had smoked whoever they played. I remember he came in and he just, he, one of the greatest coaches, literally yeah, the greatest coach. You said coaches. he was the best coach you ever played best, for, right? Best coach I ever played yeah. for. Absolutely. Like, he he was wait, and I think, I talked to him, I said, why don't you go to, like, have you thought about going to the NHL? And he goes, there have been some talks before, but he, he was smart. He was like, whether it would happen or not, he was like, I, I'm not doing it unless I'm an assistant GM and the coach. I'm getting the groceries, and I'm going to try to do it. He doesn't want to he's, he's not, I'm not taking other people's you know, other people who he's picking the guys from Maine. He's like, I'm not coaching guys I don't want to coach from yes. watching before. I make, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And so he was holding out for that, and he had a great deal at, at Maine. But when I say, like, I went up there and I talked to him, and he was like, he, he came in, he had always had like a, um, uh, like a, you know, like a piece of paper like or something. A, no, no, like a binder. notepad. Notepad, thank you. He came in, he slammed it down. He's like, we're going to get it going here, Walsh. Are you going to come in? I'll tell you right now, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. These are the players. This is where I have you. He just played. He already had me inserted in the lineup for two years out with recruiting charts and every. And I was like, I'm coming here. And I, I literally drove like the next exit down on 95. And I called my mom from a payphone. And I was like, Mom, I, 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 I made my decision. I'm going to go to Maine. Wow. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. He was and unbelievable. He was, he was so enthusiastic yeah, about it like, where he looked you in the eyes and you're like, man, this yeah, made this guy you want to go there. Yeah. Show me so, the dream. Biz, like when I say video, no one did video like this. Like, at, and I was at, and this is what I thought. He like made. Glenn Patrick? Yeah, Glenn, I, we, we told a story <laughs> on the Teddy Hayward one. Earlier. Glenn Patrick would wheel in the, the VHS thing like you would. <laughs> Betamax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, was, no, and, sorry and, to interrupt you. And, no, no, no. No, and then he, he threw in the VHS and because we played so bad the game before and he made us watch uh, the first two periods with like no chopped up video. No, I, I, Just, I've like, been there. Just like waiting out the whistles, the slow changes. Like, you know, there's no five. Tom, Tom Grace's breakdown in the second and third. Crazy. Jimmy Morlock would come in so so good back to the yeah, how I'm this sorry, guy would bring up video no so it would be and you would have a clipboard and he'd have all these people breaking this stuff down like like graduate assistants and people it would be chances for chances against hits and turnovers likes and dislikes uh first three minutes last three minutes and it would be like all charts you would go down and it would be like 1358 so like chances for chance against. I remember Dan Curlock, who I played with, had a hat trick. He was three chances for and nine against. And he, <laughs> game. he fucking gave it to him. He was like, "This I can get fucking guys to score goals. I don't need you to score goals. I, I can't have goals against later on. It's not. It's gonna matter." So this guy was was at the forefront of analytics. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. We used to have when we won we won a national title in Anaheim, right? In Anaheim against UNH. I remember watching yep, that yeah. game and. Uh, 
we had different four checks, right, with guys. You'd have to go and look at the, your D partners, and like the D would have to see who it was, whether it was like one, two, two, or two men hard. Depending on the line out depending there. Depending on the, not, not paying a line, just, just look. I already had, like I was one, two, two, be like center over D. Oh, the okay, was on. okay. So the other team would be like with each different, Line, yeah, it's difficult. Wow. And so the other teams so, would be like, "What the fuck right, is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. So, is yeah. it two man or is it one man? Yeah. Like, what's going on?" Right, and and uh, for those listening, like if you want to run like a like a one two two, yep, you know that's a that's a common four check. That's a very uh, passive, very passive. You know, it's yep. kind of like New Jersey Devil style. Yes. Or you do it where you do uh, the press, where the where the D men pinch and the centermen's the centermen's always in support of the yep. strong side so he defenseman. Knew, he knew who on the team who on the team you're playing against couldn't handle what pretty much. Or he had. Yeah. He thought he knew at least. Well, well, he would have the. He would take an inventory. Like if you know, for me, my whole career, I'm F one. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah, first kamikaze. Down, kamikaze, you know, <laughs> blow it up. And but like some other guys, we had like you know, guys from you know who, who did different types of style. We had some Euro guys who were like, all right, played on Olympic sheets. They were like, all right, we'll wait this out and. You know, yeah, yeah, pick yeah. something off, maybe. We used up. to, in, in Wilkes-Barre, I don't know if it was Todd Richards or Dan Bilesma, but very similar in a sense where sometimes he would call out based on the team we were playing. First 10 minutes of the first period, we're playing full-court press on, on four checks. I love it. And just to kind of put them on yeah. their heels, yep. get a few, if, and, and sometimes we'd bank a few early just because yep. we had good teams. Yep. And and then, and, then, and then halfway through, you'd be like, all right, boys, we're easing off. Yep. Going back to the one, two, two, and he called on the bench, and I thought it was cool. I'm like, yeah, like it's it's throwing the other team off. You're bringing it to the level where each different line had a different one. Yeah, that's. I mean, the other teams it was, it probably was, it was sick. They think they, they they're going crazy. Before we move on from Maine, I wanted to know: Is there like the first game against BU? Do you remember that, or did you make? I remember it? the. I remember one of the last games. At BU. Okay. I I knew you must have had one. So where it I was, had. We had one where. You're um, yelling at Parker, I'm sure. No, no, it was it was unbelievable. My, so it was like now it's kind of wrapping up my career. I played them a bunch. Uh, DPHO's in net, and so actually the year I sat out very quickly. So and he was like, "Listen, the NCAA thing is not going to happen for you. You're so sitting out. You're sitting out." And I was like, "All right." And I played all the preseason games. So he was like, "Listen, you're part of it." So I was like. You know, I was like Julie McCoy, love boat, like recruiting coordinator. <laughs> so I brought Barrett Heiston, Barrett Heiston, Alaska first round Native. draft pick, yep. Alaska, Bazo from the U.S. national program. Yep, tricky Nikki Dimutrakos. Who oh, yeah, it's so cool that he made you feel a part of it in in the regards to yeah. where like you were picking potential teammates. Yes. So Doug Janik, Doug Dougie Janik Dougie played with Janik. him. Yep. Hey, Nico was, and that's kind uh, of a unreal. kind of a nice thing for you. I, I don't know if it's part what of the reason player. why you got involved in hockey media after you were done yep. playing, but it gives you a different perspective. Like all of a sudden, you're just a guy worrying about yourself, and like now you're you're like, damn, I think maybe this guy could help us out because I really <laughs> like his game. And now yeah. you're watching him play, and no, it was good. So we'd have all these guys, these rec- these guys in Walsh, come in and give me like the crazy backstory. Remember Jeff Jilson? Oh yeah. So I, we had Jeff Jilson. He you know, was in Yep, and um, he ended up in Michigan, but he was like national development program kid too, right, I believe? Uh, was, was he, he in he? the OHL? I think no, he, I can't remember. Oh, no, yeah, he was U.S. national program. I yep. think he was part of like Mount St. Charles before and okay. all that. So he, he, he comes in, and while she's like, all right, so he's like, here's the deal. Um, we're going to we have dinner at his house. We go have dinner. While she's cooking steaks out in the grill, there's this people like in the house. Uh, Steve Korea's with me. 
Uh, oh, else? no way. Steve, as in Paul's brother? Yes. Yeah, I played, I, I, I played an exhibition game against him when he was in Long Island, and he absolutely walked me. <laughs> it was, it, the, the exhibition game was played in Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh, Come Jesus. On. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was a tough one. Um, sorry, he's, sorry to like interrupt the you. Weas- the so you guys were at this uh, cookout here. So dinner. we have a little cookout, and he's like, so while she's like, hey, Brandon, why don't you come outside and talk to me? So we go to like the, the grill. It's like total suburbia where while she was. So he comes in, he's like, all right. Here's the deal. You're gonna, uh, we're gonna talk about the stats, where, he, where we see him in the future, a power play. Steve's gonna probably bring in some of the stuff, what we're doing on the power play. But like, this was like next level, like the, the warm and fuzzies this kid was feeling. And he's like, all right, Brendan, this kid's a forestry major. Then you insert the forestry, like, and like, gave me some backstory on the forestry thing. And I'm like, I'm from fucking Dorchester. We don't even have fucking trees. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, well, let's just move on. We'll move on for that. He was like, next, the next, yeah, next thing, up, the next, next thing, up. all right, next thing, next thing. And so we didn't actually get Jeff, uh, Jilly, but uh, great player. But while she tremendous. So we could go on for so long, but like, we still haven't even gotten to pro right, hockey. No, but yeah. be- but before we get there, the one thing I had written down and I'd heard from a bunch of people. Is go back quickly to the USHL days and an incident in Dubuque that went down. Oh, so so for people who don't know that they ha- we haven't brought up yet, this guy is a real was a real motherfucker to play against. You were just a dirty, hard nosed little rat, <laughs> and it was like you took honor in it. So I'm assuming something had happened in the game that led up to this issue in Dubuque. So I, the USHL uh, was great league. And so I ended up, you know, at the end of the season, and it was like, the, I remember being in Dubuque, and they have, like, f- like stands on one side. Yep. And uh, or they like, there was, like, three seconds left in the game. Like, three seconds left. And I remember this kid, I think it was Dwyer. Uh, Dwyer kid, big, big, big kid, tall. And he just wants to get into it. We had won the game, and he's, like, right in my face. He's like, let's do it, let's do it. And I just looked at him. He's like, let's go, let's do it. I just look at him. I'm like, I'm exhausted, just killed a penalty. And I, I remembered that. I just looked at him. I was like, no. Bink. Just drop him. Just cross-check him. Kind of near the head area. Right. Oh, yes. so in the nose-ish. Yes. And so he drops, and I just step over him. Game's over. Don't even tap the goalie. Open the gate, and we walk out. End like, the game with like a cross-check to the face. Cross-check, like, boom. <laughs> Ref's like, what just happened? I was like, all right, I'm going to leave now. See you later. And so we leave. So I'm going. Uh, we, we, go in the, we go into... The thing, and so like, there's a tunnel where you have to go and, and get to the bus, and it's like it's like same thing in can- like in any rink, Canada. You go with the bus, the stick bag, the whole thing. So I got me, I'm carrying my bag out to the fucking bus, and so I see what I think is the Dwyer family just standing there, and there's a whole group of people just sitting there, like waiting out. They're like, ah, oh, there's Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, it's like it's, it's small town to do. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and there's, there's like a tall one, a medium-sized one, which I think, I don't even know to this day. I thought it may even have been his brother. Could have been 15 years old, 16 years old. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm walking out of, the, out of the rink, and I'm just waiting. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm like, I'm, this is like I'm walking through. The, the fire. Yeah, I'm walking through the fire. Someone's just going to, like, either hit me with a bottle or hit me with something. This is going to get crazy. All of a sudden, I get, I'm like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And I'm a lefty, Biz. Keep that for later. (laughs) So I go, and I get pushed, and I just turn around. My bag's on my right, and I use the weight for my bag. I'm like, I go to smoke. I go to smoke, and I was like, I think it, and to this day, I still don't know. 
there was like a kid who was like 15, 16, had like the other kid who I went to go hit who hit me was like, <laughs> see you later. Boom. Extra starch on the 15 year, 16 year old. Right? Oh Just the kid goes, ding, ding. Oh, <laughs> oh right? <laughs> right up. Like, extra starch. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my. And so now I just look up, right? The kid's just like, you could eye on him, eye on a board. I'm like, you're eyeing a shirt under this kid. And I'm sitting there, and then I get stomped. Oh, I by all of them. I was like a turtle uh, on my back. I couldn't get my strap off my shuffle. bag. I was like, ah. and I like rolled over to the side. It was crazy. Jesus Christ. It was crazy. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh, my God. All right. So I'm glad we asked about that yeah, one. So, that all right. It. So main end, win yep. a national title, incredible, <laughs> yes. incredible way yes. to end the college career. What's first step in pro hockey? Where did you get a look? Undrafted, ob- well, no, I shouldn't say obviously. Free agent signing. After, after winning like, it all, with These are the things whom? that we need. Like, you're like, I got like, some he, NHL guys like, obviously you're not undrafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Obviously yeah. you're a piece of shit. Right when I said obviously. obviously you're a fucking rat. <laughs> obviously your game sucks. <laughs> obviously you're able to carve out a niche in this little shitty career. Yeah, yeah, I, I was just petrified in summer league. Good story. I had to see him in summer league. I was just scared. Yeah, I was always on his negative. What's oh, a little negative? Oh, my God. You got to dress up. All right, free agent signing, UFA. How did that all go down and where was that? Minnesota Wild. Okay. Minnesota Wild, um, the uh, first year of that program. And believe me, I'll tell you what, it wasn't like the Vegas Knights in no. our season, <laughs> Minnesota Wild that year. No. That was the time, and there's nothing against, like, and I know what my game is. I'm the zero ego, right? I'm just telling yep. you, like, you want to know what I'm thinking? So I go to that camp, like Scott Pellerin, great player, main hockey guy. Uh, Kriva Krasoff. There was, like, Darby Hendrickson. Yeah, there were guys there. Was, like was Wes like Wes Waltz there then? Or Wes not? Waltz, yeah. yes. Uh, Sh- Sean O'Donnell. Sean O'Donnell. He got there late. He didn't, wasn't too happy. That's a story for another day. <laughs> he got picked up late, late, late. That's not who you want to get picked up by that year. Scary, man. <laughs> Scary. Like eyes like a Mako. Yeah, you yeah. Look at him. You're like, oh, Jesus. Like, like, like a doll's eyes. I'm like, yeah. And you look at him. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Um, so we go to camp there and I looked at that camp and I was like, that was the only time I went to camp and it was kind of like freewheeling going around and I was like, this is the NHL <laughs> and I'm not bashing anyone. It just wasn't, oh, like, it wasn't what? I went to Pittsburgh's camp, but it was like Mario Lemieux, Straka, Lang, Kovalev, Darius Kasparaitis. I was yeah. like fantasy camp. Yeah. It's way different than a first year. Like who is everyone? Yeah. I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. Hello. My <laughs> name is Brendan Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go against me in a drill, I'm probably um, What's the, what's the John Brophy story? Oh fuck! So I I go I get sent down to I get he's sent, a legendary so, uh, awesome AHL ECHL coach. Yes, like he's he, he did it forever. Real quick, real quick on the Minnesota Wild thing. I go to camp. They're like, "There's no fighting in camp. There's no fighting in camp." <laughs> wow! And so I'm like, I'm sitting there. I had like some college kid like get cat burn me for a minus, and like <laughs> I go and the kid score like the kid scores torches me. So I line back up. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm rattled. <laughs> There's like, and the kid is like, these are college kids. Like it was like we went to Duluth or something. And I sat there. And I was like, ugh, line up with the face off. The kid's like, <laughs> like bumps into me. Like oh. in my, and I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, and I looked at him. And I was like, There's. The, the kid's I'm like, gonna... I grabbed him right when the face off. The kid goes, there's no fighting. I go, oh, there's <laughs> fucking fighting now. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then it started from that fight, like, lasted. And then and then Shane Kenny, OHL me? kid. You know Shane Kenny? No. But, but OHL kid. He ends up smoking, get Marion Gaborik in, like, inter-squad game. Oh, Gabrick. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. He started a whole Donnie. Gaborik. Like, no, Gaborik. You <laughs> love. You love the fact he got to replace. Wait, got to, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait got time out. Time out. So time out. To be the guy. Well, I mean, if you're going to correct Wit on the, you know, <laughs> yeah. you weren't drafted yes. as opposed to you were a free agent I have signing. Gaborik ain't getting the fucking Gaborik. Can I say it? What is it? Gaborik. Gabark? Gabark. Either Gabbrick. way, he got smoked oh. because you started the oh. brawl camp. And so he he goes out and gets smoked by this kid from the OHL. I think it was OHL, Shane Kenny, super tough kid, great kid in camp, and like this kid just freight trains. And I was like, I don't even know how this whole pro hockey thing works. And I was like, that ain't good. No, and that so, guy's not supposed to be injured. Yeah, that guy's not supposed to get like blown up <laughs> blue line. Like, and, and so I go, I change some kid, and I go out. I go 100 miles on Mario Tremblay was my coach. And he's like, I don't know if you want to do that. As I left the bench, I'm like, I think I'm going to be okay. And I just went over there. I had a great fight. You know, no winners, no losers. It's all good shit. And I end up hammering him, dropping him, and then I get back to the bench and, and, and Tremblay. And I'm like, I've watched him, you know, with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Awesome. And I, he was like, you got to be from Boston. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, what do you mean? What, what makes you say that? <laughs> um, yeah, they they so, told us no fighting at training camp uh, in Pittsburgh yeah. one year, and me and Carcillo went at it first in a squad game. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, remember yeah, I, yeah. I walked in the rink. It was 8.30 in the morning, and they were center ice, toe-to-toe. I was like, it's 8.30 in the morning. I love I love those camp, early fight camp stories where there's just sparks. Yeah, oh. but, but, but it's sparks going on people's I hands. was, like, petrified. But I'm like, please, nobody do I was I was at a point in my career where, like... You know, as you get older and your body gets yep. a little more banged up, and yep. you got to takes a lot to get you warm, and you don't really want to be competing at that yep. time in the morning. Yeah, but I knew one speed. I couldn't just play a tummy stick game oh, in, 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 in NHL training camp. Like yep. I was there to try to make a team. As stupid as that sounds, and as a, as naive as that is, no, you wake up every day. You're like, today's the day. Now saying that, did you? I ended up almost making the team as an 18 year old defenseman that year. I was the last yep. cut. Did you? You like even younger CM obviously USGL. You were always just be like, I'm just gonna piss everyone off. Yeah, like, that's just how you were always out there. I think where we grew up, like the neighborhood that I grew up in, and I I was able to dance between South Dorchester and South Boston, and uh, you know the the kids that I grew up with, playing with, hanging out with, all incredible ball breakers. Like you oh, can't shit. fake I know. the funk, you will get scorched. But and it's like people don't they understand. Keep you honest. They and keep people you, honest. Keep you fucking that, yeah. honest. The Boston part of this podcast, it's really, I've brought up before that you go away and it's like, if I'm not chirping you, I don't like you. Yes. Like, it's, this is yes. no, and, but yes. that's, it's just, it like, it's just like that here all the time. Yes. Back to Brof. <laughs> yeah, let's, do, let's tell that Brofy story. Uh, I go to Whaling. I go to Whaling after uh, I was in Pittsburgh's camp, which is awesome. Um, Real quick on the Pittsburgh camp, I've never seen anything like it. They had um, Halinka was the coach, and I get stuck into the first practice group. So it's like once the camp kind of broke, and it was right before it went to Wilkesbury. So I'm with like it's Mario Lemieux. It struck. There was like maybe three guys who weren't on the team who just didn't want to go and golf later. So they just went to the late, like skated yeah. later practice. And the practice was uh, was it Rick Keo? Yeah. Yep. So he's and, and Halink is running the practice and the practice biz. These practices weren't built for guys like you and me. This is like <laughs> everyone's a hundred miles an hour with a last Snapping guy it. in line 
right, has got to do something in the drill, which I hate those drills. You're oh, like, we oh, always hey. got to pay attention. You're like, you got to pay attention. You're like, all right, Jesus Christ, I forgot that. I'm like, oh, I'm back to you know, back and forth, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, if you're if you're the poster child for Ritalin, these practices aren't built for you. You're like, oh my God, this is great. Uh, but I remember that. <laughs> yeah, like like pucks are hitting you in the back, and you're like, hey. you start panicking. Like, Wake the fuck up! Yeah. Wake the fuck up! In line. No, yeah. it's not that. It's like, so every time you just go right to the middle of the line. Right to the middle of the line. I was like. I never forget We start the practice It was like Fucking Canadian Olympic drill Right It's like guys With people at home It's like got, Oh it's Canada Cup Canada Cup Just crazy Like flow I mean, it, it drill ain't, It ain't start. that fucking crazy I no, mean, but Even I sense, can put up With that one But I'm saying The speed The sure. speed Like these are oh, guys, yeah. And I'll never forget I was never like More emasculated Straka was Like running on his skates Just like running Never stick down So I'm like And I'm just like <laughs> now everyone's kind of looking because now it's only it's the one pass, and then the other guys are the pass. But you have like, twenty four guys behind you being like, "Let me see if this guy snaps it tape to tape." <laughs> I just lay it out there, just like so like, he uh, could not skate into no, it. No, skate into it. But it, then he it wasn't even good, so he's got to like kick it up. So he's like. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that was my chance. Oh, it's, it's, and he kicks it up. He kicks it up and looks back at me and laughs. He's like, <laughs> when you're the new guy or the no namer in camp, like, oh, like you said. God. Whereas, like, if you're on the team for four or five years and you miss one, the guys make fun of you and you're like, ha ha, I'm on a one way. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When you're not. You're just like, when you're not. on a three way and you know at the point you're going to whaling at some point <laughs> yeah. during this adventure. Like, yeah. So we. So I, anyway, that practice goes, and I've never seen anything like it. We go for like 38 minutes. Everyone's moving and grooving. Everyone's flying. And so they go to the board to like do some drills, and there was like a pause at the board. And Mario Lemieux was there. I'll say Mario. He, Mario goes, and the Helenka goes to do it, and Mario goes, I think we're good. <laughs> Calls the practice. He okay. owns the team. Okay. Calls the practice. Okay, so, so it's over. Well, it's over. He goes, all right, let's go. That's a good skate, guys. So I hold on. This. I try to slide out, like, right? Uh, yeah. It's like me and three other guys who are like East Coast League guys in this group. We're done. I'm like, all right, cool. And like, like um, Akio was like, I think we're done, guys. Oh, great job. Good job, guys. Let's go good skate. And they're like, all right, we got a tea time. See you later. Bye. And then I'm like, yeah, Joey Mullins like, where the fuck do you think you're going? And I'm like, no, I mean, just practice is over. He's like, fucking bagging. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Not for you, it is. Okay, so uh, I, I've told a story on the podcast before. It was my first NHL training camp with Pittsburgh. And I was in Mario's group. That's when he, he yes. came back. And uh, Eddie Olchek was a coach. And that was his first year as head coach. And I was in somehow in that group, and um, every every time that you were the team that wasn't playing in the inter squad game, because yes. there was three teams, you would beg skate after. Yep. Well, Eddie Olchek's like, "Hey boys, great practice today. We're just going to end it off with a skate." And then you hear like a little whistle, and and I look over as as everyone else does, and it was Mario. And and he he just gives her one of these like like nah <laughs> nah we ain't nah. skating not skating to Eddie oh, and and, and very similar to your story yeah. Eddie's like okay boys have a great day yeah. And, yeah. and they must have had a tea time yeah yeah and and and, and I was like what what, what? I've never wow. seen a player that's just tell the coach yo we ain't bank we're, we're not we're, it's over yeah so, so that's done. I mean that, that's it's a, done a so how does this experience. lead to Brophy you brought up oh so I go to want to talk about that you want to talk about the training camp I go to bro I go down to Wheeling. I see Brof. I meet the guy. He's a legend. Complete, complete legend. Old He's school. out of his mind. Out of his mind. Like old school. Old, like, yeah. old yeah. school. Okay. Like uh, one our drill, pod Mahali. One drill. One drill. One drill. 
for the whole practice. Yeah. Uh, Arpad Mahali told me that they weren't playing great <laughs> I played at one him. point. Arpad yeah. had a ton yes. of skill. A ton of yes, skill. He could skate like the wind. Arpad yeah. Mahali was Great the, guy the, coming the, off the bus. No, no word of Phenomenal. a lie. No word of a lie. One of the more handsome guys I've ever played yes. with. One of the best practice players oh, I've ever no. seen yes. across yes. my entire yes. fucking life. I was like, how is this guy not in the fucking NHL? Yep. Yeah, I said the same yep. thing. And he's, he's actually still playing. I think he's playing over in Romania, which yep. was where he was from. Uh, Super but nice he kid. told me, he goes, dude, I never had Brophy. He goes, man, that guy would bag skate us in pregame skate. Yeah. Like, line it up. Yeah. Back and, oh. over and back. Like, what? Over oh. and back. Like, that's my just first how game, My first game, I get down to wheeling late. I'm like completely sour. I was like, geez, I really wanted to make that um, Wilkes-Barre, I mean, up in Wilkes-Barre. And, but they're like, all right, it's a contractual thing. It's going to shake out. You're going to be right back up. Grind it out here. Yep, grind it out. So I go down. So the, they, their season already started. So I, I'm lined up, and I'm in a dark place. I practiced once, that crazy, like, over and back. I'm like, what is going on? Moved into a double-wide trailer. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? It literally, like, outside my house. Heavy back on the Orno. It was the it was the trucks like downshifting outside the tr- the double wide trailer. Oh. I lived with Kurt Drummond and Dylan Geary, and so we go to this thing. I see Shaw, so I would go play Toledo. I look over this kid, this kid Malpy, who I fought a bunch. Oh God, you're playing in the old Toledo barn. No, we're at, we're at the wheel. Oh, okay, sorry. We're in wheeling. So I go over there and I go there. I think I get to start the game. Don't even really talk to him. Two, five, ten. Into the penalty box. You got this first shift? For, like, to start the game. I was like, I'm, not, I'm just pissed him here. Like, whatever. I get into this thing. I had fought this kid before. 2-5, get a misconduct. 17, yeah, 17 minutes, right? Yeah, you're in there for the entire first period. First period. I get out. Like, a minute and a half, two minutes left, right? I get out of the thing. I walk out. I'm like, all right, there's no fucking possible way in my mind. Is this guy going to put me back on the ice? He's like... Good job! <laughs> and I was like, "What? Yeah, yeah. Zone draw." Now I'm like, I've been sitting there, I've untied my skates. Like, I, I was done. I'm like, put my belt, tie my belt back. I was like, give me one second, let me get dressed. <laughs> and so I went back out there, and like the thing, but that was bro. So then we go, we play. He rewarded the, you for being a psychopath, complete psychopath. So we go to Reading, and they just built this building in Reading. And the craziest bro stories I ever had. So we go to Reading. And uh, it's like one of those games you come off the bus and you, all of a sudden you're like, everyone's like, Jesus, this is crazy. All of a sudden it's like 3 nothing in the first period. Yeah, like, and they're What flying. is going on? Like, it's crazy. So in between the first and second period, he comes in. And I'm like, I got to wake up. So I go over and get this coffee. And like I, the coffee that I go to pour this coffee and... It literally, it's like, Jesus, this is like fucking hot lava. I'm like, that's hot. That's hot. And then I'm waiting for Brof. Brof comes in, kicks the door open, comes in. He's like, ah. So he goes over and pours the coffee, like pours the coffee. But I'm drinking this hot coffee, waiting for this verbal barrage to happen. I'm like waiting for it. He's like, the the air is getting sucked out of the room before he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I'm drinking. I can't even drink the coffee, and I'm watching. So I'm like in a different place mentally. I'm just watching the coffee in Brophy's hand, right? And the he coffee, doesn't know how hot it is. He yet. doesn't know how hot it is. It's fucking scolding. Like it's like Indiana Jones pouring off the lava skin, right? And so I'm sitting there, and the coffee's burning. I'm just sitting there, like Jesus, this fuck. Look at Brophy's hand. This is crazy. And he's like, he goes in. He's like, we're gonna. 
We're going to get it deep. We're going to get it high. We're going to cycle, cycle, cycle. Get it over the line. Get it in. And then we're going to get shots to the net. Get shots to the net. We're going to crash the net. All of a sudden, this guy comes in, Biz, right? The guy comes in and goes, fucking five minutes. Like right out of news. We don't have a Daytronics clock. There's no clock there. So the guy comes in. in and tell you. The guy comes in. He's like, five minutes. And Prof's like, get the fuck out of here. He has the fucking coffee in his hand. And so I'm like I'm just sitting there I'm like alright this is just taking a weird turn and so I'm, I'm like I still can't drink the coffee this is literally so him hot. yelling it's still hot 17 minutes of this fucking just him giving it to us oh my he god he goes in the kid's like three like four minutes and the guy's like I thought I told you to get out of here and he's like and then after that we're gonna be there we're gonna protect the net the kid comes in a minute later he's like three minutes and the fucking prof goes I said Hits the kid with a fucking cop. Oh fuck! He throws the fucking kid. He was like, "I know you get out of here." And he was like, "You, you heard stories, bro. He's the most genuine guy, nicest guy, but he's short wick, and he was genuine. I'm not trying to beat on the guy. He just coffee the guy. Hit this guy with a cup of coffee. The door shuts. The kid's like, ah, behind the door. Ah, ah. It's crazy. Crazy. So he gets nuts. So then. All of a sudden, we got to go on the ice. And, like, the door opens. The kid's, like, half picking him up. And people are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so we go. I, like, step over the kid. I'm like, all right, we got to go. And, like, we're all half stepping over this kid. Yeah, like Alan Iverson. Game plays second. We tie it up. I uh, fought Ryan Flynn. End up getting kicked out of the game. And then I think it was, yeah, Flynny. And then oh, I get Jesus. kicked out of the game. It's not over. We go on the bus. I'm like, where's Brof? We can't find him. Where's Brof? We go mobile on the run around the corner. The police had come. It's like slap shot. Police had come try to find out where Brof was. The Hansons. We picked him up at mobile on the run. He left the building. No. Left the building. We picked him up at mobile on the run. <laughs> and then, so and then nothing ever came nothing of it. He knew. He's like, I got to get out of this like, barn. Yeah, I got to get out of here. Like he knew. He coached the great game. We came back. We got a tie. And then he knew it was coming and he left the ring. He saw the fire trucks there helping yeah. the burn victim. Walsh, I, I want to go back to 01 when you were in camp with the Wild. Did you start that season in the East Coast League or the um, AHL, IHL? Cause I'm I had Todd McClellan hockey. in that and I started oh, must there. Have been young then. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's Todd. It was a crazy thing. It was a crazy year. The owner of the team was like some crazy dot com startup guy. And then in Cleveland, um, the Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. And like. He had gone like running off to Mexico. I think it was like this crazy thing. We didn't have like I'm like, who owns the team? Like we don't have sticks. Like can I get sticks? Like we didn't know what was going on. We had JJ Daniel, oh, right really? before the playoffs, and he had a contractual thing that I saw, and it was just a crazy story. So I saw JJ Daniel. We have like a preseason, I mean a uh, postseason, getting ready for the postseason um, meeting. Todd McCullen. So JJ Daniel, I'm like I was always like Jesus. JJ's Montreal Canadiens. I mean. Yeah, this guy's done Bruins, it. Like this guy's done it. Awesome guy. But he had, you know, to his defense, he had done it. Like, and I don't know what the backstory was. How he ended up where he was. Where it was or what the backstory was, but he's awesome guy. Came to play every day. I see him taping up his sticks. We're getting ready to play Grand Rapids in, in the playoffs. <laughs> and he, he paid up a stick. He goes, guys, I'll see you later. We'll get ready to go. Um, I, I only got paid for the regular season. Picked up a shit. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I swear to God. That was it. That was it. And this is what this is before our meeting he played started. Played the whole season, and then because there's no more money, 
playoff cockies. See ya. It was like he was in a different place. I don't want back. You're, you're telling me yeah. like obviously they expected him to play playoffs because <laughs> nobody gets played in playoffs. He was just at the end of it where he was just kind of no, like, like I don't, I don't owe you yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, that's yeah. fucking cocky. That like that's like a funny story to tell on the pod. But, but at the time you were probably yeah. like, buddy, really? No, probably couldn't really well, use them. Because I was like, yeah, I didn't know. Like, I, mm-hmm. like I said, it was the first show. I was like, oh, maybe this just happens. I don't know. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. That, so, that, I, I would imagine was that his last season? I think it was. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, yeah well, I the, think it was. I think it was a long thing. What a way he to had go! One game up in Minnesota. I, I, so. I've heard some pretty funny uh, um, exit stories. I think mm-hmm. it was Mike Green. Who plays in? Uh, was he playing Detroit now? Yeah. When I played with him under eighteen, he told me one about some Euro who came over to the Saskatoon Blades when he was playing junior because they would always have the Euro draft, yeah. and they were getting this like crazy Russian. He was a yeah. sick player, and uh, Mike Green was responsible for grabbing him on the way to the rink. And Greener went over to his house before the one preseason game, and you know, honked the horn, honked the horn. Didn't come out, went and knocked on the door. The kid comes out, and he's like, me, me no go. Me no go today. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> so he drives to the rink, and, like, the toes in the coach's office, like, hey, that fucking Russian kid just didn't want – yeah. he, he just didn't want to play today, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> sure as shit, they, like, go – like, send over one of the assistant coaches to pick him up. He ends up getting there. He got there for, like, right before game time. He ends up getting, like, two goals in the first period. And then, like, halfway through the second, he just, like, apparently walked into the dressing room, took all his shit off, and then never even saw him again. <laughs> but he said he scored two of the nastiest goals yeah, he's ever seen. Yeah. And, like, and then he just, poof, vamoose. He wasn't having it. See you later. We had the same thing. In, I was in Providence. Zinoviev. Remember him? Zinoviev? Yes. yes. Like, Sick. Hey, so that year, you, you played with Bergeron in the lockout yes. year, right? Yes. Did you know that? Yeah, that kid. I was in camp with and him. He went to World Juniors that year, I think. Yes, but you know what's crazy about like uh, like hockey in the sense of like your path is never really picked out for you. No, first time Patrice Bergeron, and people don't realize this. You think, oh, he must be a Canadian hockey darling. Like this, he must be part of the whole mix. Never first time he ever played. He played in the NHL and then played in the World Juniors. Yeah, that was the yeah. only time. That's crazy to me. Yeah, to play like, in the NHL first. How does that go? First. And how be so effective? But I was when I was in camp with them. The one thing that jumped out to me was like just this kind of like like Chris Drury in that sense, just a quiet, real, like, quiet, subtle game. But it, like he was there when never every mess time up, talk, never mess. There's never a mistake. You're like, geez, who's on the back pressure? Who just broke up that play in oh. the back and just turn around and just go down and score? <laughs> like Patrice Bergeron, Chris Drury, Patrice Bergeron. What he, he had four goals today. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, I didn't even notice it. But I like, know. just this kind of business-like game. He's incredible. Yeah. Did, did you think he'd be as? I'm oh, sorry. But did you think he was no. going to be as good as he is today? Did yes. you see that then? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Why do you say that though? Like, wh- like what? Was, I saw him in camp, and he was just. Well, he already played in the NHL. He played here. in the NHL, and but wasn't that he was everything that he did? And I had played, and I wasn't. You know, I played with guys, uh, and and who have played in the NHL. And have seen that type of work ethic, that type of focus, um, and and to see it and like it was there. He was like eighteen. It wasn't like a twenty-year-old college kid. This was like he was like eighteen, which is great. The year of that lockout, I went to go. To, I, I had taken the Boston police exam, so I called Scotty Gordon and I said, uh, "Gordo, um, I'm, I'm not going to be here. I, I don't know what this." represents but i'm gonna go take the boston police exam i'm 32 years old i don't know what it really time represents. to start time to start to yeah. kind of figure these things out and, and go to like hey geez absolutely so i go to i go take the exam on a saturday i said but i'll be there for the game on saturday night 
go to the game on Saturday night. I go there, get my sticks, four o'clock, start ripping tape off, and I see Patrice. And so I see Patrice, his English is okay. He goes, uh, well, sure, I did not see you at morning skate. No, I did not see you. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was... I, I, I took the Patrice took the Boston police exam, and he he looked at me busy like yeah. nineteen his life like he's got the next twenty years of playing, playing and then yep. national hockey like, he, like his ele- like his his elevator didn't go to that floor he just looked at me and was like and just disengaged and like oh he's like I'm went, playing with a guy like, who? he was like what and he just looked at me and was like all right like and just walked away I was like <laughs> hey that they, that French accent you just had and that's probably exactly how he said it yes absolutely and he was so polite kind of like oh he's the like nicest kid Antoine Vermette to me it's crazy um, how some of these guys are, are so committed to it and and like listen I worked hard I was committed to the game but like. I mean, I'm sure you're the same way. Wit, maybe you as well. If there was a, a very tempting situation, maybe the night before, where I would go out and I knew I was going to have a good time, yep. that was just as, if not more important to me than than like becoming a, a great hockey player. Where these guys have sacrificed so much of their yeah, life. That's all they or, want. That's yeah. all they care no, about. And, and listen, yeah, that might be their personality where that's what makes them happy. But like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like... Live a little. <laughs> Live a little. Like, if I was Crosby, like, you don't think at one point yep. you would have saw me on TMZ, like fucking taking a couple bumps <laughs> off a hooker's tit and getting my ween sucked by another one? Yeah, that's happening. Because at that level, I'm thinking dead hooker in the cop is. Yeah. Well, I guess, <laughs> if you were, if you were scoring that many goals, there's oh, definitely a dead oh, hooker in the I've cop. I've had people burying bodies everywhere. Hey, man. Walsh, you... I'm, I'm, I still am. Before before Providence, because the I'm looking like trying to get this. Uh, uh, numerically, the years. I needed to ask you about one of the best, and I've heard the story, but people at home haven't. One of the best all-time pro hockey trade stories when you were traded to the San uh, Antonio Rampage. So I get traded for this kid, Matt Smith. So I had Paul Vincent, a hockey legend, and I oh, was literally blessed. Guy. I was literally blessed going through my career with awesome coaches, right, and and people that you know Neil Shea who got me in Pittsburgh and. Uh, Paul Vincent got me to San Antonio, and there's a, there's a host of guys. So I get traded, and I was a lava soap guy. You know what I mean? You know, a lot, like even a men's league guys, like a lava soap guy is guy who comes in, always has the beer, has the good soap to wash off after. Like I was lava that guy. guy. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I I would always be forgetful to pack the yeah. soap. If you bought the soap, you were but the, there's you were always the a guy, like, that dude. You Colin Elliott, and my, I played minor <laughs> hockey with. He always had, and his family had money too. Yes. And he always had like the nicest shit. Yeah, too. And, and a loofah. Like, yeah, he's like, dude, loof- can I yeah. loofah? Can I loofah? He had like a little backpack with all like, like you know, <laughs> lotions and keel products. It was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, come out. It's like, like Sean Jesus. Avery Jr. <laughs> like, he's fucking glowing right now. Yeah. What's your regimen? What do you got going on? Oh, great. no, I no, I take care of myself. I, I yeah. Somebody tweeted me the other day. Somebody uh, actually made fun of me on Twitter about, they're like, oh, it's so obvious that Biz is using all the products that Avery was talking about in the YouTube <laughs> so video. it's obvious Boy, that you're trying line. to take care of your skin. That yes. would be a good thing. I right, think. but like I'm like, but I've been doing the exact same routine for <laughs> 10 years. I, I, I have a cleanser, a scrub, and then I put toner when I get off out of the shower. Nice. And then I apply lotion before I get out the door. I don't do a thing. I <laughs> right, yeah. So, and, and some people don't. Like, like to me, like... You know, I'm, I'm getting a bit of a dad bod now because I don't work out as much. I'm too busy pumping out content for all these That's fucking right. mute listening, <laughs> mute listeners. But uh, but no, I, I I take care of my face. Like I sh- like oh, another thing that that bugs me is when guys don't shave properly. When they're like, lazy. are you hot razor cold? Are you cold oh, razor? Buddy, I have, like, cold I'm, razor. I'm 
I'm I'm I'm like in the steam room with the shaving cream and then really hot okay, water razor. But here's one thing I've noticed about you: sometimes I get I get uh, you'll no, but you'll you'll have the odd like hair? long hair around your yeah. lip where oh man, and you I'm, can't even stare at it. I have like, like a light. I, I have a light. You're trying where, to you're trying to like wait wait. I can't look at your I, your hair. You miss. No, some people are lazy shavers and like I'm so OCD. I look at their face and like, I can't yeah. even. I don't even want to be friends with them right anymore. Now? Do you not see this on your face? Uh, yeah. I've said before on the show. If you're a guy thirty or older, you need a fucking nose here, ear here, fucking eyebrow trimmer, all the fucking random. Oh hair yeah, I, I get a little bit of a face. unibrow, but I maintain the shit out of that thing. You know who else has a, a pretty thick one? Uh, and uh, you know, congratulations on the run they're on right now. At least when we're recording this interview, uh, Carolina Hurricanes Jordan Martinook, like he has a unibrow. He's like Anthony Davis style, but he but he takes care of it. He gets yeah, her waxed out. It's like a McDonald's, like just the perfect arches. Right yeah, there. yeah, he's got the yeah, awesome. the, 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 they, they put the, the bald middle. eagle in the middle. <laughs> yeah. and the, and then the, anyway, how do we get off? So topic we go there? to the trade. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. The trade. I, this is what oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your story's having territorial. dimensions. I love I, it. That's fine. We have a great break. And so I like the fact that you just keep snapping beers, and my throat is like the Mojave Desert right now. You just like snapping beers in my face. There's a beer. Like grab Wall Street. I have a grab, bottle of Camus. Grab Wall Street. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, should I bring it up for these fucking guys? Should I not? I can't even get an Amstel life. <laughs> I from can't these get guys. an Amstel no life. So yeah. So what happens with this with this trade? I get traded to San Antonio. I go pack up my bag and I send my 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 stuff underneath um, on the plane, and so it's there. So I'm just I have just have a carry on, right? Yeah. And so I I think I'm in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. We go down and you have the trams. Right? Yep. In an instant, I see this kid, right? He's in, he has hockey sticks. Tall kid, about 6'2". And, I th- yeah, I think it's Matt Smith. I see him and I go over and I'm like, this has got to be the fucking guy I, I got traded for. <laughs> like, he, this, this is, this is, this is, this is O'Hare? in Chicago, O'Hare, right? He's going to Wheeling. I know he's not going to Wilkesbury. They're starting to build it back up. Like I just, I knew maybe get a couple games, but I knew he was destined for Wheeling, right? And I was in, I, I was in Atlantic City on a carryover from a suspension on a suspension from the from an AHL to East Coast League. So I get traded from Wheeling, but I'm loaned to Atlantic City. You keeping up with this? Yeah, yeah I'm I am. Right. So uh, we're gonna have like double suspension. minority report, as as Ra would say. So we go, I go to uh, I go in the tunnel at uh, at O'Hare. I see the kid. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna walk up and say, hey, do, do you do you get you and I get traded together? Like, what what are the chances? You see the guy at and he's like this. He's like Brendan Walsh. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. What's up? He's like, how's Wheeling? And I'm like, I don't even answer him. I just go, um, how's San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, you're going to a fucking, you're going. To like a golf sick, course in yeah. like just sick SBC centers, unbelievable weather, you know, living situation, unbelievable. And you're down south; it's unbelievable. And so I look at the kid, and he's like, "So how's Wheeling?" I'm like, "Um, it's kind of like a steel mill town without the steel mill in it." I don't know. <laughs> and so he's like, "Is it that bad?" I'm like, "I get on the train. I get on the tram. Like takes me out." And he's like, "It was just like setting in." And oh, I, I know. And I get on the train, and like we get traded. I felt like insert like. 
like any '80s song. I was like, "Don't you forget about me." I was like, "That's when like the trams are going by," and he was like, he was like sitting like this. I wanted, buried him. I wanted to like push my nipple on the thing. I was like, "Oh, it'll be okay." Oh, Billy! Oh, Billy! Hey, and, 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 and like San Antonio's not. Oh, like, it's I not, had a great time. Right, but it's not like a super city. But anytime you're playing in those, hey, it is. Right, yes, right. And, and anytime you're playing in those lower levels, American League and ECHL, anything south is good because you like it's sunny out and it's not as depressing. Not yes. as gray. No, yeah. And and, and I, so I played in uh, in England during the lockout. Either, How was that? It, well, it, I, I know a lot of guys. Sorry, over I played there. in Cardiff, Wales. I played in the English Elite League. Okay, and I love the emphasis. I, on I love the people. I I, I love like the, the drinking culture because yep. I mean it's kind of like Boston. But I ended up staying there for seven weeks. I was only supposed to stay for a month uh, because the loco hadn't finished, and I was lighting the fucking league up, keep the change. Um, <laughs> you but, built the but by but by the fifth week, my depression was so bad from the gray. Yeah, it. Right for like three weeks straight. Yeah, it, like I, was, that here I just I was I needed some fucking sun. Yeah. I don't need it every day. Wilkesbury get like that. Like Wilkesbury's dark. Like, I lived in Kingston with Doomy. Mark you Dumas. Live with Doomy? Yes, oh, no I live way. with Doomy. Yeah, I had Parsons come over one night, <laughs> one morning. David, we got in the fight at the Woodlands. Oh God! And then, there's the Woodlands was a cesspool. That was unbelievable. My time there. Oh, I what is Cam the, Jansen? What is it? A bar? What it's is, like a hotel listeners. connected to like a, a nightclub, but it they was had like, like koi fish and ponds. Yeah, it was like it was crazy. They had smoke machines next yeah. to like cigarette machines. It was nuts. <laughs> Oh, that's when you could still smoke in bars oh, yeah. back oh, then, yeah. too. Yeah, you'd have to air your suit out, like, oh. leave it outside. But they're like, they would get, like, the dark and drearies over there, like, oh. you know? Yeah. Like, you'd just be like, you'd come out, and it would just be, like, this thick fog and just settling in on that hole. So you and got you got a there. three and three coming up with yeah. Philly and Syracuse home and home. <laughs> yeah. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Yeah, I want to ask you about one pit stop, the Jackson Bandits of the East Coast League. Is oh, that Jackson, Mississippi? Jackson, Mississippi. You did. You had 25 games played, 179 penalty minutes, over seven minutes a game. That was was that your first foray into the pros? I, I asked you a few minutes ago. I couldn't tell if you started in the East Coast or if you started in the IHL that year. Well, I played the preseason, and and my thing was this, and and I think, Biz, you, I think you, you maybe identify. It's like one of those things where I, I knew I could play, but there was like a, a – there was a – a thousand guys who could have a little bit of game, you know, could had, their decision making was good, could play, could could create offensively, what weren't a liability defensively, but you had to like for me, and I didn't worry about the fighting. Like I, you like didn't I said, care. I, I I didn't it didn't jam me up. I know some people had a lot of anxiety. You think because you grew up boxing? I think I just grew up with that. Kind of like I, for me, like the boxing as a kid, like I, that was a lightning rod. I was like, Jesus, how, I mean, it's a hockey fight. How long is this thing gonna last? Two minutes? I can, I can I take can, a couple. I can hang. I can hang in there for two minutes. You have a lot of street fights growing up in Dot. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, oh no, some guys are cool, and not everyone yeah. was a tough guy in this uh, city. 
I I had my fair share. Okay, I, I, I figured you did. Share. I will absolutely undefeated. I won't say the and name. Then, but um, didn't you have a, a rivalry with a guy and then down the street here? You were like you were like Peter you were like Peter Griffin and the Giant Chicken. Every time you saw each other, oh you just Jesus, go at it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That okay. could be. All right, that could be. All right, well, back back to Jackson. So uh, I go to ja- down to Jackson and it was great, but it was funny. I had Derek Clancy, um, I think from Newfoundland. He's a coach, and I had. You know, had a pretty good existence um, and, and mixed it up. And I remember, remember Dennis Maxwell? Remember Dennis? I think he was an Islander. He was a I tough do. kid, and he was running amok. But I, I, I had this thing, and it was just kind of crazy. I had to have a talk with the coach. So I'm sitting there, and this Dennis Maxwell comes out, and he finishes like four checks. And so I'm sitting there and, and watching on the bench, and I get this. I get the fucking whistle blows. I look over, and I get a f- ass tap. And I'm like... I'm like, did what? you just kick me in the? Did you just kick me to let me know I'm gonna fight this kid? Yeah, like, is that you know what I, mean? like, I fight on me? my terms. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, I'm like, I know when to do this. Like, yeah, like, don't. but I'm I'm gonna wait for this kid who's a complete killer to back check, four check, and get him at the end of his shift. Where he's yeah. completely exhausted, yeah. and then just to appeal to his masculinity, where he's like, I gotta fight, and all of a sudden the, the adrenaline kicks off, yep. and I'm like, dude, you got boat. You're done in ten seconds. Yeah, like you gave me ten seconds of fury. I'm gonna wait you out. That's smart. Yeah, no, I, that's how I did. Yeah, but hey, yeah. anything to win. And 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 yes. And there was like a, a an unwritten rule yeah. where you know I would sometimes be like, oh fuck, I gotta get on the ice right now. My one leg would be over the boards, begging a guy to come off. Yeah. And then if I went up and asked a the guy, they'd be like, oh, you fucking asked me to end my shift. And I'm like, no, dickhead. I wanted. To f- I just want to fight you. But okay, sure. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I'll go you next shift. But yeah. I want one. Yep. Whereas. Yeah, going after a guy at the end of the shift is is a, is was considered kind of gutless, but you didn't give a fuck. You were just no. trying to get in guys' heads, and and hey, that's a that's a smart move on your on your. Pick. I did yeah. it to I did it to Brian McGratton once. You okay, fought. well there you go. Oh. So so that's a guy where I yeah, would. But you can't be fighting him when he's at full strength. No, a, no, no, it was a good. This is this is this is actually pretty good. So I saw so or, Colton Orr, who I love. Oh God, Orr's, he's he the was best. he was fucking so best. tough. I fought him three times. In uh, rookie camp in Boston, and then I had to like I, after the end, I said, "Dude, come come with me. Let's go to breakfast. I need to. We need to be. We have talks. No, no. But I was like, I was like, dude, I'm not like I'm not scared. I'm not anything. But we're gonna fight each other forever. Like we're both gonna end up in Providence. Like what's the point? And he was like, okay, all right. Like three times we fought, and I love the kid, but I was super. Is this three days in a row? No, three times in one game, <laughs> and then we went to breakfast. And so we took a little breakfast and a little talk, and everything worked out. Awesome. Loved him. Super protective. We had, uh, so I go out there, and I was, uh, Orzi had gone through that year, had gone through like the first part of the, t- like the, the, the nails, like had gone through everyone. Uh, Flynn, uh, uh, I'm trying uh, to think. David Kosey. Coach McGrath. Uh, the whole thing. Uh, Flynn, uh, the, the, the big fucker who played in Hershey as well. He was in a monarch's Sh- monarch. uh, shaved head. Yes. Yeah, he did yes. have a shaved head. Yeah. Okay, yes. so he he's now a firefighter in, in Arizona, and I, I fought him when I was in Wilkes Barre, and he was with Hershey. Yeah, he was a tough. fucking monster. Monster. He, so, he's a scary guy, like like shaved head and like handlebar mustache. Yes, and I'm you know I'm 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 just finally growing out my full pubes. 
<laughs> in the American League. I've finally gotten there where I got like a nice man bush and some chest hair. And you got to go fucking go. This guy who looks like he he, he, he works for uh, the Sons of Anarchy doing uh, shady shit and, and, and gang gang affiliated bullshit. <laughs> so he goes. So we had, or as he couldn't fight, his hands were like mush. He had gone through like the the iron yeah. of, of that. And if people don't remember, like there's literally three guys, three killers per team in the AHL, right? And it's like Vandenbush, Jesse oh. Bolarese, oh Darcy Vaughn, Jason McDonald. I fought Bolarese like, yeah. a bunch. She was tough. It's super tough. Like these guys, and, and, and there's only one guy in the NHL who did that job. And there's three guys who are vying for the one guy job, and it was just it was nuts. It was the iron. It was heavy. It was iron. It was crazy. I've talked about uh, the Syracuse team when Kanopka was on it, and he just I don't know. He he made them take crazy pills, whereas like they weren't that good. But you but it was still in somewhat modern day hockey time where you were like, hey, let's kind let's kind of keep it close so it doesn't get out of hand. Yes, where like. Back in like 30, 40 years ago, like you, if you, you're playing against a tough team, they would legit just be like, hey, like, let's win by one tonight. Yeah. And if they maybe tie it up yeah. late and we give away a point, who gives a shit? Yeah, let's just let's But not... they're just going to beat the wheel. And, and yes. that's the way it was. Even when I first came into the AHL, it was just getting out of that, where yep. there was like a heavyweight, a light heavyweight, yep. and a middleweight. Yep. N- not three heavies. So, how did wh- what happened with McGratton on this so one? So, it, it was funny because I actually listened to the podcast and. He was great. He's awesome. It's awesome. He's what awesome. He, and, and, and I don't really know him that well. Yeah, like, I just know him just like from the times I played with him. But when I, when I, when you guys talked about him and you talked about Ray Emery, and I was like, I was driving, listening to the podcast, and I was like, oof. Because I saw them. They had like, I, the day I we were there, they, I found out. That uh, Binghamton was having their rookie party in Providence or having some type of party, so I I, I see them at the Providence Place Mall. It was like McGrath and Emery, and I, that's the thing I remember. They were like Laverne and Shirley, like <laughs> Shamil, Shamazo, like all doing the that mall thing, like walking. I was like like on the other side of the Providence Place, and I was like I was like buying socks or something. And uh, we had a game later on that night, and I was like I was like, but it hurt me because I was like this is like they were, they, they were that close, they yeah. were super close. And I remember, like, Emery loved the nonsense, loved it, and just, and I don't know him as much as just, like, hi, bye, but just an infectious kid, like, grinning behind the mask if it was crazy in oh, front yeah. of him. Dude, Like, just he, grit, loved Emery's it. Emery's motor was, he went. not a lot of guys had a motor like him. Whereas, like, in the in the face of adversity or any type of, like... He's laughing. Chaos. Yes. He's fucking... Just, he's, yeah. that's, he's born for that shit. Oh, just like just it, like a happy sailboat. Like, yeah. and then it's a hurricane around him. He's like, yeah. oh, we're sailing. The, the bad stuff's not coming down for a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy in uh, with no Daddy's legs. Yeah. No, in, uh, in Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Oh, yeah. 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 Lieutenant yeah. Dan. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan riding Lieutenant the bike. So... I so I see them. I know they have a rookie party. I have a, some type of party, and so he comes out, and Orzy's hands are jammed up, and I was super protective of Colton. Like I was like, all right, man. I was like, don't. I was like, don't go anywhere. Don't go him tonight. Like just fucking just wait. So I'm, I always stretched out the red line, little chit chat. Oh, I yeah. always loved the little chit chat. See what was going on. It was like a whole like total sewing circle. You know what I mean? And I would just you know just 
You just got in the mix. Oh, just sweet talking and headlocking. Yeah, yeah. Sweet talking and headlocking. Just bullshit. Pucks. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just to come in and just like Louis Robitaille come by, just take a snapshot off oh, his leg. Oh, Louis Robitaille was <laughs> just a Just like snapshot <laughs> off his leg. Just Lu- stupid shit. Louis Robitaille, like, oh. uh, for those listening, played in Hershey. Yes. He was a piece of shit. Yeah, I would have loved to have played on his team, though. <laughs> yes. I know. And he's a great kid. And everyone I talked to at... at, at who played in Portland when I I played against him in Portland were like dude he's not that bad I'm like I fought him like probably three or four no times. he wasn't super and tough and got into I actually threw he my glove at the red line like you know people sitting around and just like everyone's like just jarring and like, yeah. like hey fuck you he starts his shit like right at right the red away. line I just I just looked at him I was like you know what and I saw Paul Vincent do it who's like this straight like uh, conditioning strength coach on the ice and he used to throw gloves to kids who weren't paying attention I was like I'm gonna pull old Mr. Vincent <laughs> middle of a fucking AHL hockey game I just looked at him I was like sunk just f- send a glove straight across the rink and gash him in the face and Dodge I'm like ball. that's what I did no just I was like how embarrassing is that I just threw my glove at you <laughs> like if that doesn't get you going I'm just like you know if that doesn't get you are you like did you just throw a glove at me yeah, you, the, you now, threw the, your equipment the, at me yeah, the not rest. your stick you didn't even have the balls enough and, and if he won't fight you the rest of the game, you're oh, gonna be like, dude, I, degra- I, dera- I degraded you in front yes, of all your yeah. own fans. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, back to McGratton. I go, and he comes up. McGratton comes out, comes out, and he was feeling like he was fearless. He's super, oh. super tough. He comes long out, long hair, dude, long hair, Vaseline on the face, just woo, right out of the gate, warm ups, and just like everyone's like, oh my god, big kid. He's establishing his dominance. Oh, he could have pissed on the red line. Like, I'm here. This is my rink now. Like, just total, total domination. And so I'm sitting there. He comes over, and he was stretching out the red line. I'm like, hey, dude, uh, Orzi can't go. He's like, well. I was like, well, we all got to play through it. You better tell him he's ready to go. And I'm like, what? I'm like, hold it right now. You can't go. He's like, I can. He fucking, he's off. Just skates off. And I'm like, all right, I'm my mind. I'm and like, he would high step too. He yeah, was oh, high it step. It was all show. Like, it, uh, when I say Re- it was, Reebok white white yep, skates, yep. yeah, oh, just in like a big, big, like just a, a big presence, entertaining. Oh yeah. So I'm like, all right, fuck. I gotta. I'm like, Orzy, don't go, with this kid. I, I, I'll figure this out in my mind. I'll figure this out. I'll figure this out. So the first shifts, they don't get out together. Right, they're like at the end. They're kind of staring at each other. Like they go in, they don't You're go. You're trying to broker a deal. A broker a deal, right? And so I'm like in my mind, I'm like shit, shit. So all of a sudden, I'm like ISO cam him. He goes back check, four check. He gets a couple shots on net. He's gassed. I call like uh, Keith a coin off, a coiner off. I'm like coiner. And I, Scotty Gordon's like, Jesus, what, what the, who's calling line changes? I change up. I go over. I catch him by his bench, and I just like rim rock him, just like jump in the air, smoke him in the chest. Doesn't do anything to him. He's gigantic, and gloves are off. And I'm just going, and I'm on for the ride. It was like eight seconds. just, <laughs> And he's just coming in. And he's tired, but I know he's tired. Referee's coming in a second. Like I look at the refs, like I think we're good. He's like in the middle of just trying to like feed oh, me. I, I think we're good. That. I think we're good. Tap in. Uh, so. And so we go to the penalty box. So we go to the penalty box. And normally I'm just chirping, you know, bullshitting, you know, giving it back as much as I'm getting it. I sat straight like this. (laughs) And when I say he got up, he was like, it's gonna be, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to tell you right now. Like this is bullshit. Even... You, he couldn't even, the wires couldn't even touch. He was like, I'm going to center ice, next face off, when this is done, blah, blah, blah. He gives it five minutes. He's like this. And I just look at You're him. like, fuck. And I'm like, I just look over like a minute and a half left. And I'm like, 
I was like, I wouldn't fucking fight you in a month of Sundays on the straight. Like, I wouldn't fight you straight up. I said, I'll break a stick over your head. I don't care. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I was like, okay, do you want to fight again? I'll fight again. You guys have a rookie party tonight. You guys are partying tonight. I'll make sure to give you a black eye. You want to walk around with a black eye in Providence? You want to go to Federal I mean, go Federal Hill, Altwell's Ave with a black eye and go to the strip joint and have not have a good time with a big black eye? And he's like... Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so then the, the after, like it was like three weeks later, I, we go up to Bingo, and I go up to Binghamton, and I'm stretching out the red line. And he's a good guy, like a good guy. He stretches up, like he's over the red line. He's like touching me, but he's like stretching out his groin. No, like, no. Like, hey, Walshy. <laughs> and I'm like this. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, how do you feel? And I was like, uh, I don't okay, want this. Uh, I just got up and like disengaged. I was like, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. But I, I feel like the line. But he's such a good kid. I feel like the good. line in the penalty box made him be like, okay, this guy is a fucking beauty, <laughs> and now I can just kind of toy with him, and we're gonna have a good laugh about it. Because you got to keep in mind, we're playing. Our guys like us are playing five minutes a game. Yeah, we got to find other things to keep us occupied. Absolutely, I, I think with that, honestly, we have to like wrap this up because I think people can tell that we could do this for four hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah. I think we just make sure you come back on this summer. I would do love it. to. I would love to. I mean, I'm totally I, you listening like, to this and getting to come on is just perfect. Thank you. Let me do one more quick one. Nice. Okay, your last season, low lock monsters, one game. Did you play it and realize that was it? You were done. Did you get hurt? What was the story? No, I was. With that? I was. I was coaching. This is an amazing story. Keith Coin is playing for Lowell. Joel Roulier was Tough. played for Manchester, right? And so Joel Roulier was torturing them, right? Like Lowell, they were like they had all college kids. It was like Brian Yandel was on the team. They had a bunch oh of guys God, on the I know team. This story. Yeah, so they had a bunch of kids on the team. So Tom Rowe and Keith Coin uh, call me on my while I'm in the office coaching at Northeastern. They said, Hey, can you come back and play? And I was, you know, I was in good shape. I try to keep myself in shape, just like yourself is. Try to stay lean, ready to go. Yeah, right. you're not that pudgy. You look good. The old dad so, bod. <laughs> so I didn't have dad bod. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'll go, I'll go do it. But I had got, I had previous fights with Joe Roulier, which I have my my favorite thing with Joe was I had some guys on who are in Manchester who knew him, and I know it, it's not. This isn't anything against. Him, I just like you know those guys. I'm like you take up a lot of oxygen in a room, and just I'm like, and the guys are like, all right. I was like, what's the story, of Roulier? You know, I talked to my buddies and team who were any nameless. I don't want to blow them up, and so they're like, ah, this is how he is. This is how he is. This thing, but he's a good guy. You're great guy. Ammo. But I'm getting ammo. So I was like, all right, good. So we go to go to Manchester. It's like while well, I was playing in Providence, we're stretching out at the red line. Joe comes over. It's like Camilleri, Dougie Nolan, a couple other guys, just sitting there, and and I'm like, I'm like, hey guys. We're stretching out, talking about something else. He comes over, like, just to kind of be in, because it's chit-chat time, right? Red line, you guys know it's warm-ups. Like, hey, what's going on? Where you guys going on? Where you guys going later on? So he, he comes up, I'm like, guys, seriously, blink your eyes if you don't like Joe. Just blink. I know you can't say it. Just blink it. Like, just blink if you don't even like this kid. And he's like, what, what is that? Like, what? I'm like, he's, he, he's a jerk, right? You just, you don't have to say, don't say it. Like stretching out and, and guys, just, he, doesn't and guys like just, he doesn't like it So anyway He tortures Lowell I come back For the game So I come back To play Lowell I sign up PTO Go back and play Lowell Come out of the warm ups I took a little script From Brian McGratton I'm like alright Maybe guys have a thing I got some penalty minutes I got a little bit of pedigree Come right out And it's like the stat pack How much is the stat pack You guys even tell Oh my you just god just look And just see look 
and you look and say, oh, who the fuck is this guy? Come up for the U-Haul for 400 fucking minutes. Yeah. Like, does anyone know this fucking guy? Yeah, yeah, does yeah, anyone know? Is he lefty? Is he right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check like, the, yeah, the game. Checking notes, YouTube. Yeah. There was no YouTube yeah, back then. Before YouTube existed. Before YouTube yeah. existed. I'm yeah. like, does anyone have a Betamax tape on? You're looking at the ancient scrolls. Did you come on the ice legit running and yelling? I came running on the ice. I'm like, I took a little page out of Mr. McGratton's book came around on the ice and I was like Joey what's up <laughs> and he just like he didn't see the stat pack he was just like, He's like Walsh he was back. like what the and I was like oh it's on it is on like Grey Poupon and it, it's gonna get weird and he was like what 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 and he was like that. so he played a couple shifts shut him down they were like in the playoffs they wow. had like yeah yeah didn't come out they brought in their enforcer from Northeastern coaching staff. Yes, yeah. And you came didn't even own. have to go. Didn't have to go. That's I came unreal. out. I came you, out. You, I got like a fly. You, you Muhammad Ali. You, you fucking it was mentally just, it was just Two minutes. Still got just two a warning. I still got two minutes. I got on the sheet. You wanted to get, get a hooking. Sheet. You got a hooking or something oh, yeah, just to get in I there. Did. No, it was like, no, no, the obstruction was there. Like, my stick went to like fucking 90 degrees. They're like, obstruction. I'm like, this wasn't even in the league when I was there. Like, I should be in. This wasn't even in the league. What? What's the rule? What is the rule? What do you mean? I got to keep my feet moving? Hey, Joe. Didn't read the stat pack and you didn't read the rule book, so you guys are even. Both. That is the perfect way to end this, though. But I mean, like, dude, you're a guy that you're hanging around the rink, running into you. It's awesome hearing these stories. So, and to also to you, great job now, Boston police officer. It's pretty cool yep, to uh, know cool. that you're out there protecting everyone thank in the city you. of Boston. Thank but you. it means a lot for you to come on and listen. So, thank you very much. And I we'll have to do this again. It. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate yeah, it's it. It's been a blast. I had to come back in and just unburden myself. So yeah. it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. It, it is cathartic. Like, I like, that like Oprah's couch like today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Thanks, pal. That interview was also brought to you by Seat Geek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easiest, smartest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite NHL team. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Like I always tell you, I've had the app on my phone for ages now. I go to plays, I go to concerts, I go to games all the time because the SeatGeek app is so easy to use. It saves you time and money by searching multiple sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. If you're a cheapo, they take care of you. If you like to spend the dough like the wit dog, they take care of you there as well. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code HOCKEY today. That's promo code HOCKEY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thank you very much to Brendan Walsh. That was a blast. The stories about Big Earn, Brian McGratton, uh, some classic stuff right there. So there's a way you can talk your way. There's a time you can talk your way on anything. I think he, he proved that right there. But uh, thank you very much. And R.A., you were at game one and two of this Boston Carolina massacre, no? Yes, I have been. And now that I'm full-time, I'll be going to every game from here on out, oh. thankfully. And I, and I won't have to do it on the it clock. Works. Now I can tell these stories. Brag. And, and I, you I don't have to, to sneak in anymore because you got an actual credential. 
Exactly. Well, no, I used to have to sneak out of work and like pretend it was my lunch break, go to the game and have to rush back in town. So I won't miss having <laughs> to do like, that. What you do on your lunch break? Have 43 beers and smoke nine joints? <laughs> oh, it's at the Bruins game. And, yeah, and got the W as well. Yeah, Boston, <laughs> Carolina. Let's go back to Thursday's game one. Uh, Bruins wrote a big four-goal third period to turn a 2-1 deficit into a 5-2 win. Uh, they looked like crap the first couple of periods. The Canes really outplayed them. I thought it was a pretty choppy game by both sides, but the Canes had the advantage in play. Uh, then the Bees woke up third period, outscored them four to, four to nothing to steal the game. Uh, then today, man, phew, today was just a bloodbath. Uh, like we just mentioned, the stat, 93.8 of teams that go up 2 nothing in conference finals. That's not all players. That's just conference finals. Uh, I was considering that today with Carolina. So they're down 2 nothing. Matt Grizzlick, what a story. His mom was in attendance for Mother's Day. He gets two cookies. Bruins get the win. Best Mother's Day gift ever. Uh, what do you think of this one with today's game? Well, I'll tell you. Sunday's game, sorry. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. The world championships are going on, so it's just like a, a side thing. And why is why is Ryan talking about the world championships right now? Well, today I saw uh USA was playing France, right? And they dusted them seven one, and Canada's playing Great Britain at some point. Why does this series look like the world championships? What is Carolina doing? Are you kidding me right now? Peter Morazic, he looks horrible. Can't stop the puck. Curtis Macklin, there's no chance he's not starting game three. There's no chance that doesn't happen. And the Bruins have played very well. They're a better team overall. But, God, has the, ma- the Magic, is it over that quick? I thought it would be a little more than, than what we've seen in two games. I mean, yeah, 2-1 going into the third. So, was it a horrible effort in game one by Carolina? No, but to get dominated in the third period like that. And then for all day, just to get shit kicked around on Mother's Day. That was, that was tough to watch. Um, the Bruins, yes, give them a ton of credit. They're all playing well. Like, I didn't – I watched the game today. Who, who had a bad game? You know what I mean? It's like everyone's clicking. Everyone looks good. When you win 6-2, it's hard for anyone to look bad. But still, it's like, God, they get the win without McAvoy. He comes back in. He looked phenomenal. Grizzlick, what a story that is. For everyone who I – think, I think everyone knows by now that his father was a part for 30 years already on the, on the Bull Gang, which is the group that changes, you know, the ice at the garden to the parquet for the Celtics to the concert venue, back to the ice, and they're just constantly moving and shaking things all around the garden to get it ready for whatever event's there. And they grew up less than a half mile from the arena, and this guy's worked there his whole life, and his son scores two goals, first star of an Eastern Conference final game for the Bruins. Played at BU, uh, played at the national program, similar route to uh, – myself the witness and it was so cool to see because i know him well enough to to know that he's such a good kid very genuine and you see like a hometown kid having a star big game in in this type of atmosphere in this setting it was an awesome story so the bruins right now are a complete wagon carolina's embarrassing right they they look horrible have you seen what what part of their game is good i mean there's no there are no show i didn't hear sebastian ajo's name once today uh nino niederreiter where was he it was just a bunch of guys that didn't show up in in in, in a huge game and now they were down 0-2 to washington look how that ended up it just seems a little different right now yeah exactly i was going to say the same thing they down 0-2 to washington so i'm not going to count them out yet uh they have showed uh, some signs of resiliency this playoffs uh, you can't follow up by uh, giving up four goals in that third period to drop game one with a stinker like that. That just Especially doesn't happen. In the first, they were bad. They didn't even have anything from the get-go. Right, right. You, you, you got to come and swing, and, and uh, definitely a goaltending change coming here. Um, going back to that first game, I thought that call that ended up leading to the game winner, I believe, on Dougie Hamilton was bullshit. 
Like that Horrible. was fucking bullshit. Like how the one in how, the corner, right? To, on Nordstrom. Yeah, he went to hit him on the boards and whatever. And and like those are the types of fucking calls where it's like, come on, man, were you watching it or not? At what point? What the fuck was that a penalty? Rob Brindamore's reaction was perfect. Oh, it was so uh, funny. That's gonna be a, a gif, or a meme, or or whatever for a long time coming. But uh, Boston is just rolling. Their they, their depth is coming. Like no, no offense to this Grizzly. Like I I mean, is is he a player? Like what yeah, lines? He's he playing? a player, man. He he he's he was an enormous recruit. Um, he you know was one of the top players for his age group. You know, from I think fourteen, fifteen years old in the United States, uh, and and just a guy who like is undersized. But now it just doesn't matter when you could skate like that. Remember, he tore his ACL at BU. That sucks. But to look like he does now, it just shows that surgery isn't a career killer anymore. I mean, this year he played sixty six games. He had eighteen points. Uh, he's on the he's on the fi- uh, fifth sixth pair. Him and Clifton right now, and they look great. And to have those two guys playing the way they're playing as your, as your bottom 2D, that's when you know you're a championship-caliber team. Yeah. No, they have great depth. All right, what do you think about this one? Yeah, he's on the third pair, Biz. Grizzly is, but he doesn't play like a third pair D. I mean, I think he could be on a second pair on, on a lot of teams. And to echo what you know, Whit said, it is a great story. I mean, he grew up right across the bridge. His father's been on the Bull Gang slash Ice Crew for 40 years and to, you know, have his mom there is in he attendance. still doing it? I don't so- know if it- I think he is. I, I don't know if old man Grizz retired yet. I'll have to ask him next time. So you think he's the type of guy where where once maybe Char is gone and, and they maybe lose a couple other pieces, whatever, he's a guy who can step in and eventually be a, a top four? It's just uh, a lack of ice time because obviously you got to play Char a certain amount. Like, can he, you think he's going to elevate it to that? I think he could be a top four defenseman in the NHL. Like, you know, he's not a top two pair guy. But, yeah. Well, top I mean, two pair guy, you either have to be a very good puck mover to play on that one too. I mean, there's some good puck movers who are a little bit of liabilities defensively, or you consider them like a, a second D pairing puck mover. Yeah. Or you got to be a compliment to that puck mover where you're very responsible defensively and, and you're, you're able to kill penalties and maybe even play power play. Like, like you got to be a, a Swiss army knife on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you put him on a, a lot of other teams, he would, he would slide in very comfortably on the second pair. Uh, okay, I nice. thought Brindamore should have yanked Pete Mrazek after that third goal today. Not because yeah, he stunk. Sure. I mean, the first one, he well, but to wake the team up, I thought. Well, here, here's the thing though. This guy, Mrazek's given up what? They, they, Boston scored 11 goals in the first two games. I mean, I don't know if any of them were empty netters, but uh, mm-hmm. one of them was, um, but why would you put McElhinney in and risk injury? Like, like Mrazek seems like, hey, like if he ain't going to get the job done against Boston, they're going to need some type of elevation that's going to have a goaltender that's going to steal a game. And Mrazek's just lacking confidence right now. I, I think you don't put him in. You guys are probably thinking, oh, let him get back adjusted to the speed of it, take some shots, get back in the flow of the game. I'm more on the sense of like, hey, what happens if he, this guy tweaks his groin? Like, you, you know, it, it was a nothing game. So you got to worry about the, the next game. And in some cases, I, I would agree with what you're saying, but uh, I, I'm more, more so on the other point. How about the, the you know, I'm, I'm hearing local stuff, the moronic fans. I mean, Chara has not looked great with the puck, but people are like bench Chara. Chara sucks. He's yeah, so bad. you don't want to shift. Shut up. He when he gets the puck, it's not pretty. But do you realize the hole in the Bruins lineup if Chara wasn't playing? I mean, he's still out there defending. He's still an enormous presence. He's still a guy that if he was hurt when he got hit with that puck in game one on the wrist shot and his foot looked injured, you're like, 
oh, dude, they would really miss Zidane Chara right now. Oh, it would just they, it would they, affect the full feng yeah. shui of that lineup. So oh, that quick little team and Krejci, you know, he looks solid again. He takes heat. Don't really understand it, but in in more than anything, it's it's Tuca's time right now. And today he made the the kind of the stupid mistake on the second goal. Uh, but ah, uh, uh, did you listen to Boucher's comments about no, it? Though? He said that he thought he was going to the D man. Hey, yeah, so well, Boucher is awesome, and he's very good. He's he's able to give that 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 like forward perspective too. But he was a goaltender, right? But on this play, he was asked, and he said, "Well, you, you typically you you don't want to like try to roll anything over. You're going like quickest direction, just very hard because because I mean you're a goaltender. Something could slip out. You could, the the puck could flutter, and you're to turn it over. He also said that that Carlo might have been obstructing his vision to where to the lane that that guy was in." as he was releasing the puck and then all of a sudden the, you know, the oceans part, it's like, Oh shit. Now it's, now it's a pizza. But uh, I think you just got to go with your first instinct. So it was nice to hear a goaltender's perspective on that. And it made me be more sympathetic to what, to what Rask play was. Yeah, Boucher, he is a great announcer. I mean, Carolina came to play, I thought, at the beginning. They were very physical. Corrali got buried that one hit on Grizzly. I didn't know if he was going to be able to come back to the game when he got buried yeah, in the void Sunday. I'm sorry. I, I just left the game. I still have today on the brain, but it's Sunday's game. But, you know, the Bruins aren't afraid of a street fight either. And once they got on the board, they woke up, and they just played the way we're used to seeing them play. And Carolina simply couldn't hang. I thought Marcus Johansson was the Bruins' best forward on the ice today. That line, Johansson, Coyle, and Heinen absolutely fucking dominated and i mean mojo he's the guy we saw in the uh what was it the capitals a few years ago he looked like that player today out there i thought yeah shout out to everyone what a stupid trade uh uh he looks pretty good to me you dumb fuck uh (laughs) i also think it's hilarious i need you guys to know that uh one of the golf clubs i belong to they put um wags had the hat on walson it's a great logo indian indian it says 1895 we call him squanto great logo one of the best, one of the best on any golf course we've ever seen. So Wags had the Wallston hat on with Squanto, and the Wallston's Instagram put a picture up. Hey, spotted member because he's a member there. Uh, Chris Wagner wearing Squanto at his press conference, Eastern Conference Final. Some guy writes beneath it, uh, "Love Squanto in the picture, but uh, don't love the the neutral zone turnovers." <laughs> Jesus Christ, tough, tough crowd. So Keith Handel's also a member there. He writes at the bottom, hey, buddy, why don't you just sit on the couch and enjoy the ride? <laughs> just giving it back to him. Then I had to respond. Oh. I'm like, this guy is probably a pylon. So you can't come after a pro occupier on your country club's Instagram, buddy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to be an awkward meeting. Hey, that's going to be an awkward shower time. Hey, hey man, watch um, you this season on the Bruins. Congrats on the Stanley Cup, uh, but you got to work on your neutral zone turnovers. Uh, goaltending needs to improve. That's obvious. Special teams for Carolina oh. definitely needs to improve because Boston's so good. You got to elevate, and, and, and that's just not happening. I talked about the magic that Carolina had. There was just like, listen, I don't think they're supposed to be in the conference finals, and a lot of people didn't think it was going to happen either. And they've been on a magical run. I just, I, I, I can't see. That can only bring you so far. You know, that can help you in a, in a, in a, in a tournament type setting where it's one game elimination. But a seven, seven game series, we're going to figure out who the, who the big boys are.
and we've talked power play PK at ad nauseum. Is that correct usage of that, R.A.? Absolutely. <laughs> You're on a fucking roll today. Talk about feeling it. So we've talked about special teams ad nauseum. Carolina, I think their PK is clicking around a 70% rate. That's horrific. That means the teams are about 30% against you, which is an incredible power play. So their PK isn't good, and their power play isn't good. So that's the, you know, you're looking at the, the real factor of what's happened here. It's, it's special teams and poor goaltending, which is kind of going in the same direction. Um, R.A., what would you make of the, the, another bad call I felt that was, uh, went in, in Boston's favor was when Marshaw kind of got high on Williams and then Williams got up and the frustration let out and he, he grabbed him by the face. And then, and then of course, Marshaw was taunting him with the, the captaincy, like he was doing the gesture with his hand. Like, what do, what do you think of that? I, I mean, I think the refs just been refereeing's been ticky tack all series. I, I'd be honest with you, Biz. That that was one I didn't get to see the replay on. That's one thing at the game. Sometimes I don't get to see a lot of the replays. Uh, but just in general, the, oh, the some of the brag. <laughs> not a big deal. Some of the calls are just ticky tack. I mean, we're seeing guys getting literally tapped. Like the, the one actually Williams did go down. He got tapped on his pants. He went down. It was five nothing. He's trying to draw a call. I get it, but uh, again, I, I almost feel like we were sick of fucking bitching about the ref. And I think today was the one game. I'm sorry. Sunday was the one game. It really wasn't a factor on the game at all. It was just, it's just too much ticky tack shit. I I just don't know why they're calling so much ticky tack shit. Um, But I'll tell you, man, the the Canes got the workout cut out for them. Uh, They need to beat two Garask four out of the next five games. Uh, Today I was, you know, asking, was it just a tough effort at a bad time? Or are we just starting to see the disparity in the talent in the two teams? And I think it's the latter. I think the Bruins are just, uh, a better team, and they're a little, a little bit more of a well-oiled machine right now. And uh, I bumped into one reporter up north today, and after the first period, he said, "What do you think, Bruins and free? Uh, I don't know if if it's going to go that short. Obviously, it's got to be at least four. But today, today was a uh, huge. That's why he's full time, folks. Hey, you know what Carolina needs right now? <laughs> Vladimir Putin. That guy was a buzzing. Oh my god! Vladimir How does somebody let that guy skate into the fucking? What do you mean you can't deny him? He had eight goals. He's like the Wayne Gretzky of fucking men's league. His hands have gotten way better, too. He went to the backhand on that one. He looked like Grizzly today on that goal. Now, on a serious note, there was a clip of him scoring on the breakaway. He actually made a pretty nice move, but it went through the goalie's five hole, which I think he opened up on purpose. But by the time he scores the goal, the number 55 defenseman had already stopped and started skating towards the, 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 like the center ice circle. Like, literally just fucking letting him score. Is this like a – like, is he that crazy where if you, like, try to play hard against him, he's going to have you murdered? I or, mean, or I do people just talk about it and find out. He's a murderous dictator. Of course they're scared shit of him. That guy doesn't want to get fucking garroted after the game. So he's right, but I mean, like, 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 do we think Putin's to the level where if you poke check him in, in, a, in a men's league game that he, like, fucking, you know, he gets on the phone on the bench and he's like, yep, and then all of a sudden there's a red dot on the guy's jersey out there and t- – he doesn't even have to pick up the phone. He just looks at someone in the audience. So honestly, I'm not even being smart ass. I wouldn't. I don't think nothing would surprise me at all with him. Not, man, I don't think someone's fucking getting. Maybe if like they 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 bump into him and he tears an ACL, like by accident. But maybe that's why they don't even go near it because they don't want to risk that potential injury. That would be catastrophic. Has anybody actually found the guy who put that carpet down on the ice that he tripped over? Have we oh, found that guy yet? Yeah. Grinelli yeah, posted the I video. Hear, yeah. He's, he's uh, bringing logs out from in from the forest for the next couple of years. It's just a never-ending gig. Keep that uh, furnace going. 
I was legitimately scared after I posted that video. Like I, I was going around the office. I even asked Eric and Ardini. I'm like, Hey, do you think I should like delete this? Like I'm kind of worried for my life here. Like, so I'm then like, you wrote a blog sucking them off. Yep. I wrote a blog immediately after talking about how he's the greatest hockey player ever. And I'm just, I'm just shocked that Vladimir Putin has time to run a country and that he chose to run a country when he has the skill of that level. Hey, he probably like crossed your name off like in uh, in Billy Madison. Billy Madison, right after he read that blog, he's like, "Okay, that kid's okay. That kid's okay." He puts the puts the lipstick on. Hey guys, before we go any further, I just want to talk to you for a minute about Stitch Fix. Not all clothes are fit for all men. With Stitch Fix, though, your personal stylist will send you clothing that makes you look your best. Less one size fits all. More this fits your style. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing brands right to your door. To get started, go to stitchfix.com slash chicklets, answer some questions about your preferred style, and your personal shopper will ship you a box of clothes, shoes, and accessories. There's no commitment required, and you only pay for what you keep. Shipping exchanges and returns are always free. Can't beat that. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied toward anything you keep from your box. You'll never have to think about looking good again with Stitch Fix. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash chicklets and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash chicklets. Stitchfix.com slash chicklets. Uh, speaking of the press oh. box, Biz, you just give me shit for I bumped into a few uh, chicklets alumni over the last few days I've been up there. I saw Mike Motto at uh, Game 1. He's chomping at the bit to get on uh, chicklets once again. He's such a fucking He came character. on with, before Biz, too. Yeah, he wasn't on with this. He's the yeah. Best. I want to get him on. You guys said he was one of the best. Uh, Who else you see, mention, RA? I was going to mention too a Bruins five game win streak right now. You'll see those very often in playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I also also bumped in my, Marty St. Louis. Said to say hello to the boys. I bumped into him. Wow. Actually, it was the first round. Nothing like walking on the elevator and having a Hall of Famer extend his hand to say hello. Any, any, any mention of uh, Teddy Purcell? And in, in, uh, him talking about his Hall, Hall of Fame. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. He mentioned Teddy and Bugsy as well. And we, we shot the shit for a little bit. And uh, I bumped into uh, Chris Johnson, too, the Toronto reporter. I uh, introduced myself because we had him on the show before, but I had never met him. And uh, we had a few laughs shooting the shit together. And they said to say hello as well. So it's pretty cool to run into these people that, you know, we interviewed and I hadn't met before. So he's a good guy. Speaking of Teddy Purcell, I'm not going to say he didn't blow me off twice this weekend because he was in New York City. We made plans to hang out Friday night. Don't get the text. We make plans to hang out Saturday night. Don't get the text. So, well, I, he texted me. Are you going to be in New York this weekend? I said, no, unfortunately, I won't be. I wish I was knowing you're there. And I guess when he got that, he's probably like, I ain't doing Grinelli without wit in the middle as the buffer. No way. That's definitely what it was. <laughs> uh, another little tidbit of news. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky put his house on the market in Columbus. Uh, <laughs> it took, him a fuck, took him a while to do that. <laughs> probably not a huge surprise. Uh, he's probably going to be buying something down in South Florida soon enough, but there's not a whole lot going on. Also, playoff ratings come out, and uh, shout out to Buffalo. I mean, we, you know, we goof on the city. Uh, the team had a rough year this year, but those people love their fucking hockey, man. When the U.S. ratings come out, uh, Buffalo is always at or near the top. And also, let's give a shout-out to Nashville and Vegas for those, those cities that, you know, people give them shit for not being – I hate even saying non-traditional anymore because these teams are, are fucking drawing attendance. But uh, those people love hockey, man. I think the verdict's in, and it's nice to see uh, all these other cities watching as well. Boys, I don't think we had a chance to wrap up that uh, San Jose-Colorado series to the fullest extent. Because remember, remember we, we finished at the end of the game, and, and Gabe Landeskog talked about uh, – like he basically owned not jumping over the boards. 
Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he, he took responsibility for it. He took full accountability. And another oh, thing I that – I saw that clip, and everyone was sucking him off like this is a leader. That was actually great. Well, dude, he, he had no he excuses. Fucking, and, and, and it's one of those plays where he could have been like, dude, that's bullshit. Like, it, it should have been a goal where he didn't cry. He didn't fucking – he just owned it. I thought that was very cool, and that says a lot about the guy. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, another thing, uh, we found out that uh, Nathan McKinnon was playing through a second or degree, uh, third degree AC sprain. Is it? I mean, isn't that? Is that the what came out? Oh, you couldn't tell watching him skate. <laughs> well, well, no. I mean, like, but but where, like people, um, people don't really know what that is. Like, I've had a second, third degree. I've had a first degree AC sprain. I mean, I obviously, said, if, I thought you said MCL, bud. Was it knee or shoulder? You said? No, I said AC, AC. Oh, dude, I thought you heard your knee. I was like, how the fuck was he skating like that? Oh, dude, that's tough. That's hurts. Yeah, it's. I mean, and, and, and usually if you get a second-degree AC sprain, you're probably looking at like two to three weeks, minimum. Third degree, you're you're probably out like five to six because I've had them I've had them both on both shoulders. So the fact that he got he got shot up and went back out there, I mean I know you know some people always say oh you risk a potential injury for next season. It's just like I know, but when you're fucking playing for oh. that big trophy, you don't give a you don't shit. Give a man. Shit. Hey, what's it feel like when you get shot up there? Like, can you feel your arm or is it just complete? Uh, I'll say this right away: you're like you're 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 not going to have much strength. Cause it just kind of, it takes all the energy out of that area and it feels like loose and shitty and sloppy. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, once you, cu- you, you, you get shot up, you're by, by now using that shoulder still, you're just not feeling the pain for moving it. Like you would, if you didn't, if you hadn't got shot up, I mean, which, I mean, you're, he, he, no way he's going back out there if he didn't get shot up, not with a second degree AC sprain. And and that's what I read online. I mean, I, do you guys hear that it was a second to third degree uh, AC sprain? I, I didn't. I didn't see that, but I'm sure if you saw it, that's. I could have swore I read that. Oh, I mean, bad getting off the ice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was it was a tough one and an injury that I've had before, so I can talk about it. Uh, oh, I mentioned the World Championships before. Uh, man, rocket coach of the New York Rangers, David Quinn, is probably hard as a rock watching this Capo Caco play. I don't know if you guys have gotten a witness this kid. He's so good. He's so good. I mean, like Jack Hughes, you know, is he the definite number one pick? You might, after this tournament, hear a little rumblings that maybe not. I mean, it's domination right now. I saw a quick clip also of him in practice. Uh, I don't know who had that. Damn it, I should have written it down. But just incredible skill. So uh, looked fabulous against Canada. Hasn't slowed down one bit. And it's just it's nuts to see that we're going to have a couple more young studs coming into the league as rookies next year. And there's one more thing I had in my notepad here, um, and I felt like it was it would be cool to mention. With Charlotte sweeping Hershey tonight, that's in the AHL, the Hurricanes organization is now playing a conference final at the NHL, AHL, and ECHL level. With the so Everblades, whole, right? They ha- uh, No, the, the – uh, well, it's, yeah, 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 Florida Everblades, and they're playing Newfoundland. And, uh, and then uh, AHL Charlotte versus Toronto, which uh, I mentioned I went out to eat in Toronto with my buddy Vincent Laverde, who's with the, the Marlies again this season. He signed a two-year contract with them, won the Calder Cup last year. This year, wh- why are you guys laughing? N- Newfoundland? You're not going to get torched on a lot for that one, Biz. <laughs> New I never heard a Canadian Guys, everybody knows I'm a – if everybody can't – hey, and you know what? It always happens to be with the East Coast, and, and I got torched for saying that Jody Shelley was from fucking PEI or wherever the fuck I said he was from. But, guys, I'm a fuck-up. 
I don't need to hear it online. Just let, let me be a fuck up. You guys know what I'm saying. I'm the moron. Well, but, today uh, at school today, me and Mousy today. Outside but back, back to Toronto, like they, they really weren't supposed to make a run like this. Like they did, I think they, they, they got into playoffs and ended up playing Rochester, who was one of the best teams in the regular season. Uh, they, they haven't lost the game yet. No. In playoffs, yeah, they swept both. They're, they're both their first rounds. These guys are fucking buzzing. They ended up getting a few guys back from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Marlies. So uh, very excited to see how that plays out. And it would be really cool for my buddy Vincent Laverde to win his third Calder Cup um, and, and, and won back-to-back years with the Toronto organization. He says they get treated like gold. Really? Like the sh- oh, man, like the shit that they have, like their training facility and like how they get treated with like meals. And they, they basically, he basically said it gets ran like an NHL team. Yeah, I always wonder what it's like to play in an AHL team, you know, when there's also an NHL team in that city. I mean, you know, the, the attention, obviously the attention's with the big club, but, you know, you almost feel bad for a, a team in the same city in some regards, but not if they're getting treated like royalty, I guess. Boys, that pretty much wraps things up. That was a good little, uh, good little pod today. I hope you guys enjoyed that Brendan Walsh interview. Yeah, I I really think that people will, or you guys did. I know you've already heard it. Um, what else? Is there anything else I had to bring up? Game of Thrones, second to last episode. Oh, I want to ask you one quick last question. Um, how was your wife's first Mother's Day? Was it was it her second. Her? It was her second, oh, but um, it was great. Close enough. We, we actually uh, went with a little change of pace this year because it's like, where are you going to go to brunch? Mother's Day brunch. That's what everyone does. Well, you got to get like, uh, reservations in advance and one of the courses i'm at the kind of the the the, the clubhouse is being redone so that's not open it was just kind of like what do we do you know we did chef came to the house <laughs> why go wait in line if you gotta get a chef to the house cook you up some omelets french toast bagels i love a good sesame bagel with peanut butter on it or everything with butter or cinnamon raisin with butter, or blueberry with butter. I might have had a little, a little of all of them. Uh, so egg white omelets, special request made to the chef. Uh, she cooked great. And you know what was really nice is that I mentioned beforehand, man, it's nice to have a chef, but can they clean? <laughs> yeah, cleaning the kitchen comes with the payment. What a life. Wow. So it was a nice little Mother's Day. It really was. Um, you know, you see the downfall of like American civilization with the guys on Instagram with the posts to the wives for Mother's Day. Jesus, seven million of them. I put a story up, put three or four nice pictures, and I wasn't going to put a full picture up. You know, I did it last year for Mother's Day. Do you do it every year? I don't know. Some people do. But either way, it was great to see. Uh, my mom came over. Her mom came over. Just a grand old family affair of Mother's Day. So now we're recording. And I'll tell you, the Bruins, them having a game in the middle of Mother's Day. How happy did that make the fellas at home? <laughs> hey, honey, I got season tickets. What am I supposed to do? Sorry it fell on Mother's Day. I'm going to get crushed drinking crack beers at the Garden. Uh, <laughs> actually, speaking of the Garden, Portnoy was there. What an absolute madhouse around him. Oh, dude, he's legit celebrity when he's he, in They Boston. win every time he's at the game. Every yeah. time he's at a Bruins his, game. His hockey shtick on Twitter is like, I, I crack up every time. It's he's just unreal. He said, he, he tweeted something out and, and, and he was like, the town of, uh, the town of uh, Carolina. <laughs> Called it a town. <laughs> it, people still take the fucking bait off. Oh, the they think it's he's it's serious. It's crazy. I actually had to delay my mother's day festivities till tomorrow. No, my wife's not a mother, but uh, my mom, I was going to see it today, but I told them I got to go to the game and then I got to record after my mom's a hashtag hockey gal. So she said, go do what you got to do. We'll have dinner on Monday. So 
Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, any other stuff, boys? Or are we about to ready to wrap it up or what? I think no, I got to get going, boys. I'm going to celebrate uh, Mother's Day with – okay? uh, Well, with no, my, my friend's mom. I'm in Vancouver. My are you ripping already... it again tonight, you pimp? No, we're going to go – well, maybe afterward. I'm, I'm going to go for yep. dinner first. Yup. Yeah, um, guys, this, is, uh, this has been fun. Thanks again to Brendan Walsh. And I will see you fellas online on Wednesday night. Absolutely. Have a great week, all. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid Oh, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand by me So darling, darling Stand by me Oh, stand by me